So then uh, tell me this. You know, you, you yourself are now a husband and a father of three. Mm-hmm. What are some lessons, if not, let's make it more specific. Can you give me one lesson that both your parents, both your mom and your dad, have taught you that you apply today? Whether it be a direct lesson or an indirect lesson that they've given you. Oh, God. This is, this is going to be the weirdest answer. All right, let's do it. Right. Let's, hear it. let's hear it. Appropriate punishment. <laughs> yeah, that's the weirdest. That's the weirdest title. Let, let me finish. Yeah, let me finish. <laughs> Is that is that good? Will that be that's that'll be allowed? Because it, it, it's one of the longer one of the longer usernames. I got to read aloud. C Miller Music. I'll go with Chris. I'll go with Chris if that's okay. Call me Chris, man. It's Chris. Yep. All right, Chris. How's your day today? What you been up to? Not a lot. Just chilling out. Wrote a mucked around with some music this morning and played some chess with the kids. Chess with the kids. I like. I, how long have you been playing? Ah, uh, like two months. Two months. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you did you get on during the whole like chess craze that happened here on Twitch, or was this self uh, found? Well, how did you get into the game? Uh, probably very similar to everyone else. I watched Queen's Gambit with my wife. There. It and is. then um, I was I was cleaning up the streaming area and I found a chessboard. So I said mm-hmm. to my son, "Hey, do you want to learn?" And he went, "Yep." And then he soaked it up like a sponge. Um, and so we just started playing, and then I realized he was getting good, so I had to learn a bit more to be able to keep up with him and keep him on his toes. Hmm. So is right now, or what, what are we talking about in terms of win losses uh, to the son, to your son? Uh, he beat me today. So that's the third time he's beaten me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> how are those moments? How is the moment when your kid says checkmate to you? How do you take that in? Uh, I'm proud and annoyed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> head of the household. All right, Chris, it's new head of the household. I don't know. It's a little tough yeah. walking around with that. Oh my goodness! You better start bread. <laughs> Earn your keep. Uh, I love it. I love it. But, dude, I appreciate it, Chris. I appreciate you spending time here, uh, a little bit out of your weekend, uh, to join us here in the in the the studio and talk about your life and celebrate your time on Twitch and and beyond. Uh, that being said, I like to start off these shows kind of explaining to the guests how we met. And you were someone I actually, you know, before we connected, I had watched you. I had watched a little bit of you. I, I, there was this certain phase of Twitch I was getting into that was just purely music. I just loved live music. It's something that I think COVID took away from us. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I never knew, for some reason, you know, going on Twitch, I thought all video games. I thought video games and then just chatting. And then one day I was watching some live DJ sets and I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, of course they would have music here. Um, so then stumbled upon yourself and I did not know that what, six months later or so, or how many months later we would rediscover here after, I believe you watched an episode of Luke Diamond on the network. So, and he's been, he only speaks highly of you. So I I was like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's have a chat and let's hang out and and talk about life and this and that and have that documented here and on Spotify on YouTube. But I appreciate your time with that, man. I appreciate you. 
Um, oh, I'm glad to be on, man. Luke's homie. I love oh, him. Yeah. He's a, oh, yeah. He's a great God. bloke. So nice. So talented, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped mm. to, to continue, you know, growing that relationship there. But, but Chris, if I may ask, all right, let's start it off from the top. How long have you had your Twitch account in general, even before you were streaming? Oh, God. Probably like 20, I'd probably say about 2014. Mm. It was like was sort of when I had it, but I, I only used it to watch streamers and typically your big ones, you know, Summit, Shroud, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of guys. Because I was, I was a gamer. I used to love playing games, you know, Counter-Strike, PUBG, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, just that's where the account yeah. came from. So it was all it was the, was it specifically the Counter Strike or was it gaming in general that you're just like oh bigger streamers I, I want to you know I want to watch your content I want to be a part of that culture and it, especially during 2014 which is you know Twitch is fairly new I believe by that time mm. it just transitioned over from Justin TV yeah so you, yeah you know, I, like I think I had it early but I didn't really use it a lot mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until you know maybe a year or two later I was like oh yeah I've got an account on that and I'd open it up <laughs> and then started watching the bigger streamers and. <laughs> right into counter-strike yeah oh that's awesome that's awesome. <laughs> how many hours if i may ask in counter-strike do you have uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the trying to figure out what's inappropriate if that's the exact number or you know what's a respectable number to say i like that dang all right i see it i say i like this other side you know usually we don't we don't see too much of the gaming. We don't hear too much of the gaming lore uh, for mm. C Miller music. We we get into it. We hear about your family. We hear about your 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 passions and music. But it's nice to get a little bit of the gaming background, especially on Twitch. Um, so how long have you been streaming? Then you said you started your Twitch account 2014. When did you start streaming? 2018. 2018 wow. was when I started in August. Okay. And, and what made you go live for the very first time? Uh, I actually was, I was on Twitch randomly one day and mm. just watching gamers and I was on my phone and then I ran into someone popped up on the front page carousel and it's a, a, a trio family trio called Anvari. And um, it's a brother, sister, father mm. trio. And they were amazing. And I'm sitting there watching. I was wow. like, Oh, live music. Cool. That's awesome. And then like, I just saw like, everything about it just just blew my mind i was mm-hmm. like it's live music they're basically online busking they're doing it in their home and they've got like hundreds of people watching them this is incredible yeah like, this is crazy and so i just instantly went into brainstorming mode of like oh my god like and then i went through it all and found all these other music streamers and then just it just blew my mind Mm. Um, and then my wife was saying to me, she's like, well, you're always sitting in front of the computer playing music anyway. You're always on Twitch, whether it be watching musicians or gamers or whatever it is that you're watching, or you're always on your computer. Why don't you just turn the webcam on? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, uh, cause I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> and she, cause at that stage I didn't, I didn't sing. Oh, wow. I, I didn't sing in front of anyone. Like, so I'd done my first ever open mic night on on my own. So normally mm-hmm. I was always just the guitarist or, you know, writing all the music and I'd have a vocalist <laughs> and all my vocalists moved away. And so it was just me <laughs> by myself. And I was like, I've got to learn how to sing. Yeah. And so I started practicing and practicing. And then I went and did an open mic night. And after, cause the whole idea was if I practice on Twitch, I can't see the people, I can't see the disappointment on people's faces. <laughs> 
and then and then I'll get better eventually, and then yeah. I can play live gigs. And and so I I did that for six months. I went and played an open mic night in December, and I had all these different people come up to me saying, "We want to book you," and I was like, "What? Why?" Wow. And then I realized I was like, "Hang on a second. Twitch has actually done something for me amazing here." Yeah. And then it flipped around. So I rarely do live gigs and do most of my stuff on Twitch. That's so awesome. Which means I can be very picky and choosy about what gigs I do and don't take, mm-hmm. you know, in real life. Exactly. No, that's beautiful. What, uh, tell me about that very first stream when you went live for the very first time. What were you doing? Tell me the, the sensations. What was going through your head during that moment in time? It was insane. Um, I started playing and I was, and I had the worst equipment. And when I say worst equipment, I mean, I had like a dynamic microphone Mm. that wasn't even XLR. Like it went through into like a, into a a, USB headphone jack. Yeah. No headphone headphone jack. And that was plugged into, I don't even know how I routed it, but it was like a little crappy Sony Panasonic karaoke (laughs) mic. Like it was something shit. And so it, it sounded like crap. I had yeah. no effects, no nothing. So it was super dry. Like there was no reverb. There was nothing. It was just straight guitar, straight vocal mic. And it sucked. <laughs> However, I got raided by, at the time, there was this Aussie streamer called um, Super Average Player, which I don't think streams anymore, unfortunately. Mm. I think life got in the, in, in the way. But he had this amazing community and he raided me. And I was like, Why? Why would you do this to me on my first That's ever a, stream? On the first stream? And I, oh, wow. My first ever stream, man. And it was like 180 oh. people come in. And I was like, panic stations. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do I do? Yeah. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to play like the funnest song that I know. And it was You Need Me, I Don't Need You by Ed Sheeran. Mm. And that's that happened and that and then i just started playing all these different songs and my song list was only like 20 songs at that stage so i didn't know very many songs to sing on my own mm-hmm. but i just worked through it and i finished the stream and i was like this is for me this this is what wow. i want to do like yeah. i love this if that wasn't a sign um, from the universe or whatever i don't know what is man that's crazy especially uh, like you know the discoverability of it all and just suddenly on your first stream literally your first stream mm-hmm. You have an audience before you, and it's one of those fight or flight moments, I think, a watershed moment, yeah. if you may, where you have to make mm-hmm. a decision. Am I going to perform? Am I truly the performer that I've been, you know, I'm, I'm itching and scratching to be? Or, you know, maybe if Twitch isn't for me, and it's awesome that you rose to the occasion and, and, and you know, gave it your best shot, and here you are. It was super fun, man. It really was. And yeah. then it was, just, it, was just, it was just a snowball effect from that, from that day on. Oh, man. I was going to, like, in, in parlaying to the question of when you started – so when did you realize that, wow, Twitch can actually be a very big part of my life. This is no longer just, you know, something on the internet. Uh, this is something that I can, you know, really tie into a career, a vocation, whatever it may be. I, like, it's a tough one. Like, I, I think I did it for a while. And because I'm, I, I was very hamstrung by the equipment that I had. Mm. Um, being a music streamer, you have to have great audio like you should have great audio because that's what everyone's listening to yeah you know it needs to be good and i think i hamstrung myself for quite a while Mm. um like it didn't it took me until about the end of 2020 no sorry the end of 2019 before i started really hitting my strides like a full year of streaming 
um, before I started really hitting my strides as a streamer. Like I was doing it for fun and I was doing it to learn. And then I felt like, okay, I think I've learned enough. Now what do I want to do to sort of step it up and take it to the next level? Um, and that was basically equipment upgrades as I went. And mm -hmm. so I just started upgrading stuff to get it better and better and better. And then six months later is when it really just snowballed into a massive, like it changed everything about streaming rather than just being, you know, a small, a very, very small and niche audience. Yeah. The audience has started, you know, multiplying week on week on week. Mm -hmm. And, and I attribute that hundred percent to just getting everything a little bit more nice looking visually, but audio was the big thing. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's when it changed my mind about it. You mentioned a phrase that I'm curious about. You said, find your stride. It took you a year to find your stride. Exactly mm -hmm. what were you learning during that year? You know, you mentioned to be a streamer. What, what does that look like? I think, I think I hit the streamer mark straight away. Like, I think the, in terms of like working with the community and interacting with the community and just, you know, doing all that stuff. I think I did that from, from day dot. Okay. But it was really trying to like, the thing that was bothering me was like, as every streamer gets and every viewer may or may not see this from time to time, but every single streamer that you ever watch has always gone through a, a period of why aren't I getting bigger? Why am I, you know, why is nothing working for me? I can do whatever I want and I'm stuck at whatever X number is, whatever is the number that they're unhappy with. True. And that's, that was the problem that I was stuck in. I was like, I just, I just can't change it. Like, what am I doing wrong? And you know, I wasn't blaming anyone or anything like that. I was looking for other streams for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And it just purely came down to, I've got to get this looking better. I've got to get this sounding better to, com to compete, I guess, even though I don't really mm -hmm. think of it as competing, but to, to be on the same level as somebody else that has hundreds of viewers, I need to increase everything about what I'm doing. Quality, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just overall quality. And then you mentioned, you know, six months after that initial realization and uh, and uh, implementing these changes into your channel, you said it really snowballed. What was that moment? What, what, what happened six months later that just, boom, it started clicking, everything started multiplying, uh, and, and your viewership and even your experience on Twitch really became something huge, something bigger, a part of your life? Well, there was, a, there was a couple of things in particular. So um, in early March, and I can't remember what it was, but in early March, there was something that sort of kicked it off a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I got put on to do like a front page mm. thing for a little while, which was cool. And that was for Twitch ANZ, so Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see a big bump from that, but that led into the Twitch Creative Showcase. So um, Twitch ANZ put on a thing where they do – they get five creators, like creative, sorry, create content creators. So whether that's music, art, you know, anything along those lines. And they put them on the front page for a certain amount of time. I think it's about two weeks. Um, and they're on a backfill. So anyone that, you know, understands how the front page works, you'll have a backfill, a priority, and then there's the, the top priority. So on a backfill, mm -hmm. if nobody's booked, you will go on. Wow. Um, and then you've got priority. Whereas if you're booked for a priority slot, that is your slot. Like you get it, you get to go on the front page no matter what. Wow. And so they put me on the Twitch creative showcase and that was amazing. So for two weeks, I got to play every time I turned the thing on, it was That's uh, amazing. possibly going to be on the front page and play in front of everybody. Um, I 
from that or during that, actually, I contacted a couple of different um, brands, one being Mate and Guitars and the second being Road Mics. Um, Road Mics jumped on straight away and gave me a full sponsorship wow. um, for my microphones and mm-hmm. Mate and gave me um, some merch giveaway and a couple of different things and big shout outs on all their social medias and everything like that. So I played a Mate throughout that whole period. Um, and then that snowballed into the uh, Twitch Music Month which was mm-hmm. a little bit later in August. Um, so from the Twitch Grey Showcase, I became partner probably about three weeks later. And then I moved on to the Twitch Music Month where I was on the front page priority slot. Um, and then I got to go on the front page for a whole week, or for the whole month of August. Um, yeah, it was insane. And the, I think the highest viewers I got on that one was 14,000. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is just compound yeah. over compound blessings yep. there. That's it just huge. it just went dump 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 and just kept going. And yeah. that was you know, it just like I said, it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. Um and so yeah, that just that really lit a fire on my ass. Like it was one of those moments of like you're either gonna crumble with all this stuff that's just coming or you're gonna use it to your best of your abilities. And I think I've done pretty well with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I love that. I love that because it's true. It's like I love the honesty of, of what you said at the beginning where it's like, you know, streamers at Plateau, we will look at ourselves and ask, you know, why, why isn't this working? And I don't think that's a conceited thought. I don't. I, I genuinely believe that, you know, that there's a lot of it's, it's like that creative wall. It's that it's that wall you hit mm. where it's like, all right, well, what do I do now? Like what I thought I brought something to the table. Where can I elevate that? Um, and then that coupled with seizing opportunities, you know, taking what you've been given in terms of, you know, it's interesting you put it, bring up that, uh, that, that, that moment with Twitch, because I, I swear, I th- is it not called a grassroots thing now? Or is that a separate, is that a that's separate a different one? That's a different yep. one. Okay. So yeah. Cause I know that yeah, that one so exists yeah. there. So you yeah, have so that- grassroots, I think is more for gamers and stuff. Oh, I see. I see. So you have that one with Twitch and then another one in August and you just compound these blessings and, and you take full advantage. You, you, mm. you showcase your talent. And so I, I, I love that. I love that you were able to, to, again, really solidify why you should be here on this platform and, and what you're doing is, is, is great work. Um, that being said, Chris, all right, I do have a couple clips from your channel that I would love for you to explain. Okay. All right, far away. Now, Here we go. It's, it's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. That, like, <laughs> I, I already told you one of them was going to be music. All right. So I wanted to showcase. I wanted to showcase, uh, you know, what you got going on. I swear there was, I'm not even joking you, my man. I teared up. You were playing some slow songs and I teared up. I was like, oh my gosh. This was before we even agreed to the show. And I was just like, holy cow, man. This guy is, he's, he's, he's a knee bender, man. He's, he's playing my heartstrings. But this one is more so, uh, it's an old school hit, man. This one, this one touched me. It was like, uh, once I saw the title, I knew I was clicking on it. Let's give it a listen, all right? I, the question won't even be pertaining to the song. I just want you guys to know what we're dealing with here tonight, all right, guys? Let's give it a listen here. One minute, one minute. Feel good.
won't stop. Get it, get it. Be by your captain's in a steady. Watch me navigate. <laughs> don't stop. Get it, get it. Be by your captain's in a steady. Watch me navigate. <laughs> Feel good. So, Chris, I got to ask, all right? First question here. You see that this is a, a clip. I want to check how old this clip was. That's old, man. Yeah, it is old, old. Seeing where you were, you know, this is a time capsule. We went in a time machine, and we went backwards in time to look at, you know, you back then. What would you say to that person back in the day, what you are now? What would you tell them? What advice would you give yourself back then? But that was, first of all, that was a fantastic cover. All right, I'm already, I'm already geeking over you playing some Feel Good. All right, I, that already got me. But what would you say of yourself back then as, as a streamer and as a musician? Keep at it. Mm -hmm. You're doing the right things, just keep at it, and good things will happen. Was that during a moment or that same moment where you're still trying to figure out what's clicking and what's not? Or was that after... Um, I think that was a little bit of, that was still figuring out what's clicking and what's not like you, you look at that and it's very, I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, Oh, there's shit everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's no good lighting, crappy webcam. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I look at that and I'm like, Holy crap. Like the, the, yeah. the difference is night and day, mm -hmm. but it's also years apart. And mm -hmm. I think if, I think the beauty of going through that mm -hmm. is that when somebody else asks me a question about something, I can be like, yes or no like i can give a okay, from my experience if you do it that way you might have some troubles here or there or whatever i've gone through all those problems mm -hmm. and i can i feel like i can relate to people better yeah if that makes sense definitely and uh, you know especially the humbling beginnings you know you had to start somewhere yeah and you started with all that you know not as great equipment and then you slowly mm -hmm. build what you have today um, so yeah, I think that's where your relatability really lies. So you could, you can say with legitimacy, yeah, I've been there and, and this is how I, I had mm. to work around it. That's, that's awesome. Absolutely. The second clip here. All right. I had to, I had to cut a little bit of the music. All right. We, we were going, we're going music and then an, an, a normal clip here. I wanted to highlight something here that really will, will keep you. <laughs> Why are you laughing already, Chris? Why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. Yep. Yeah, you, I think I think you understand what's gonna happen here. <laughs> so that fresh uh, haircut, damn! It is. That's clean. <laughs> that, that's some Peaky Blinders cut right there. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. But let's give a listen here. All right, let's give a listen to what you, you know what the conversation is being had here between yourself. All right, here we go. One second. Far away. Fifty-three seconds. Did you? Did you? Why would you out me like that? Because you deserve it. Why, why would you out me like that? Because it's funny. Doing good, buddy. How you doing? How are you both to Zoe? I'm doing well, See? my friend. But I deserve my massage that you promised me via chat. I will pay my dues. I'm like a Lannister. I always pay my debts. <laughs> Do you fuck your sister too? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ashley wins. Ashley yeah, wins. clip that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy the, shit. 
<laughs> that fucking ripped my heart out. Fuck. Do you, were you <laughs> expecting this, Chris? Were you expecting that kind of clap back on the on the? It's tough to be off stage, you know. You just got you just got one upped. There's a reason why my my wife comes and does my breaks. So whenever I need uh-huh. a break, she'll come in and 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 chat with everybody and and whatever. And they always say, "Oh, great, the real content creators here." Or, oh, great, the real streamers <laughs> here. Cause, cause, nah, she is one hundred percent great value, and she's not afraid to to clap back. Right, yeah. like, it's just that it just absolutely slapped me down to earth. <laughs> I love that though. That was like. Because there's a lot of, and, and again, there are a lot of these clips of you and your family, and it's so great. It's so cool seeing that we're not just seeing your talent as a musician, as a streamer, but we're seeing the the humanity in you, you know, you being a father, you being a husband, and that kind of relationship. I, I like, I watched that clip at least 10 times trying to fully, uh, the timing of it all. There's even a look. There's a look that she had that she's like, am I going to destroy him? Like, am I going to? Do I, do, I, do, I, do I really want to say it? Yeah, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> and you walked away. When you, when, when the opponent walks away, it's, that's, there's no contest. It's done. It's done. But that, that's, yep. that, was the, that was the knockout punch right there. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Huge Game of Thrones fan. What are you watching nowadays, Chris? What are you watching nowadays? I know you, that, that was a nice reference, a good call back to Game of Thrones. But what else are you messing around now in terms of? Uh, we're watching Ink Masters at the moment. Ink Masters. Ooh, okay. Yeah. okay. So it's just a tattoo, like a reality TV, but it's all tattooists. Mm-hmm. Um, On Netflix, right? It's, uh, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon Prime. Yeah. If, everybody, if you didn't know, if you've got a Prime subscription, you can subscribe to Mums Online for free, there, by the way. This is going to be, I'll use that for an ad later. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Chris. Uh, your five dollars will be Venmoed in. Is Thank you very much. <laughs> but but I love that one. Let's go from from one clip to another to to the last one here. We're going back to to some music here, and I, I have some questions regarding this. Again, I you mentioned at the beginning of the show your flow. You're like, I'm not much of a singer. I, you know, I, I mainly play. But I don't know if you give yourself enough credit, my man, because you were spitting some fire here. And we're going to listen to it in just a minute. It's titled C. Miller Raid Song. Uh, let's give it a listen here. Uh, 60 seconds. Come give me a hug if you're looking, getting rough. Oh, now this looks like a job for me. So everybody, just follow me because we need a little controversy because I feel so empty without me. A little hell is kids feeling rebellious, embarrassed. Parents still listen to Elvis. They start feeling like prisoners, helpless. And someone comes along on a mission and yells, bitch. Visionary, the vision is scary. It's not a revolution. Balloon the airways a rebel. Let me just a rebel and bask in the fact that I got everybody kissing this ass. And it's a disaster. Such a catastrophe when you can see how much of my ass you ask for me? I'm back. Na 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 na. Picture kind of tenor, shoot it in, and then I'm gonna enter it in a funny skin like a splinter. Center of attention, back to the winner. I'm in a wrestling. Blessings is wrestling, investing. Many kids, here's a nesting. Testing, tension, please feel the tension. As soon as someone mentions me, here's my 10 cents. My two cents is free. Who sent? Who sent? Silent Sentry and Twitch farming has sent a shitload of people to me. Now, this looks like job for me. So, everybody, just follow me because we need a little. Oh, my goodness. Tell me, it's, it's titled The Raid Song. Is this something you do every raid? What's going on here? What was this moment that we stumbled that's, upon? That's literally what I do pretty much every raid song. Are you kidding uh, so, me? So, every t- for big enough raids. So, if it's like a smallish raid, so like a four or five or whatever, I'll give them a priority mm-hmm. song. 
But if it's like, yeah, a bit bigger, then I will do the raid song. And the raid song mm-hmm. usually goes for about 10 minutes. Holy cow, man. That See, the thing and, is, that flow yeah. too, it was it, out of pocket, man. It was the the speed, the word for word. Again, this is an older clip. You could tell per the equipment. Mm. But, man, you were killing it. Where What is... What in your mind, if I may ask, this might put you a little bit on the spot, where in your mind did you not feel your vocals hit to hit the spot that you were you wanted? Like you, you questioned yourself in terms of uh, singing. Where do you feel that you you fall short? That was that was probably, I don't know, maybe a year and a bit after streaming because I still I had the new mic, I had the AT2020. Um, so I think at that point, like I felt okay about my vocals, like. I was pretty happy with them, but I mm-hmm. knew there was still some work. So, but, but I was happy to learn. Like I'm always happy to learn and I'm always happy to improve. Like I always listen to my songs or listen to something that I sing and I go back and I'm like, Oh, that sounds really nice. Yeah. But like I always have a, but about it. Like, Oh, I could have done that better. or I could have done that better. And so the next time I play it, I try and remember that and, and try and do better. So at that point, like I'm just still growing there. Very, very much growing very mm-hmm. much a lot better than what I was when I first started, but still growing. Yeah, no, I love that though. That that's such a cool again, more incentive, more the hype behind it, the effects mm. you're adding. There's so much to that, and the energy. Again, I I watched that clip at least two or three times, and I can see from that moment the energy is there. It's a party, you know. We raided into something that is going to keep my mm. attention for longer than just you know the. It, it's important. I mean, statistically, a lot of people talk about how. Raids doesn't retain, you know, more people just, Correct. you know, they walk away. But I think that exception comes in musical streams. I think there's a very big opportunity for for a musical stream that that has the ability to retain and, and keep the attention of the audience much better than another, you know, from one just chatting to another. Um, because I feel that music transcends more of that ability to relate better than you know, sadly, someone's word for word, you know, if they don't match the same energy the last streamer does, it's hard to, to gain that same company. So that that is an awesome testament of your ability to just perform on the spot and just, you know, make the crowd hype with that one. I love that one. Um, that being said, that's all the hard stuff. All right. That's the that's the tough stuff. That's the stuff to put you on the spot. I want to ask you a little bit more introspectively your time on Twitch. And after that, we'll we'll lean into the life stories. <clears throat> the first question being uh, is what have you learned about yourself through streaming? Just to put yourself out there. Like, you know, you got effectively, you're going to have strangers watching you on the internet. Uh, you know, me playing, playing live, like I was always so nervous to play live or, or nervous mm. to do things in front of people thinking that I was going to fail. And the beauty of Twitch is it's live. So I am going to fail. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to do everything perfectly. I'm probably going to muck up a bunch of stuff. Things are going to happen that I don't want to happen. But at least if I know how to handle those moments, then it's it's a good thing for in life. So if something doesn't go right, um, I, I, I can feel okay with not doing something perfectly. How do you Which embrace- has always been a big thing of me. <laughs> <laughs> how do you embrace failure like that? How do you embrace the feeling that, you know, because I agree with you. Twitch is live and there's going to be more mistakes or it's, it's going to be common. Uh, it's, it's hard to be mm. perfect here. So how do you embrace the feeling of, you know, what I am going to mess up. I am not going to, you know, have the perfect show or perfect stream. Um, but we could get better from that. 
Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I don't know how you say like how you embrace it. It's more of just being comfortable that it's going to happen. Mm. Like there is an, it's an inevitability. It's not an if it's a when like you will make mistakes. You will. And, and I think if you're comfortable in that and comfortable that you will make mistakes, then everything will be okay. Like you might make a mistake, you learn, you get better, you, you go on to the next thing or you just do it better next time. <laughs> I love that. How would you describe your streaming style, Chris? High energy, welcoming, just happy to be there. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy to be streaming. I'm happy to have an audience. You know, I'm stoked that there's people that show up nearly all the time or, you know, there's some people that do show up nearly every stream. And like, that's to me blows my mind. Like there's mm. people that want to do that. And I think, yeah, I think that's how it explodes. Just happy to be there. Happy yeah. to have people watch. Do you have your streams planned out or is it usually, you know, do you go with the flow of what you're going to be doing that day? Also in terms of music, do you have a song list or is it per request? I have a, a song list. I don't have a set list. Like I don't have a spe specified songs that I'm going to play in order mm -hmm. or anything like that. I just I have a song list up there and I just start playing and if people want, they can have a look and then see if like they can throw it in chat. And uh, I used to do song requests. Um, like people would come in, put a song request in and I'd, and I'd do a queue. Mm -hmm. um, and if you subscribed or donated, you would go to the top of the queue yeah. like as a priority request. Um. I've kind of since stopped that hmm. because it was getting too overwhelming. Cause I was like, I'd, I'd, I'd open the queue and 30 songs would go in in the space of a minute uh, and then I'd have to close the queue. And then I've got 30 songs that I need to try and get through. <laughs> and by the time you get to the last 10, like a lot of those people might not be there anymore. And true. so now I'm, I'm, you know, doing roll calls and cleaning things out and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I just let people now just throw songs in. I'm like, Hey, yeah, I want to play that and I'll play it. Um, or I'll still give people priority requests as well. Like if they donate or, you know, gift subs or whatever, like I'll still be like, Hey, do you want to hear a song? Like I'll play you one. Um, and I th and then that's made me way happier as a streamer. Like I don't feel under pressure. I, I like feel that. like I can, yeah, I think I can just, just do my own thing and just relax, you know? Whereas I, before I felt a little bit dance monkey dance. Yeah, definitely. No, okay. you're in control. And so when you, yeah. again, when you get to take control of your stream and, you know, I'll play the songs I want to play. It's not like you're not going to be doing the thing that, you know, that they didn't come yeah. to watch for. You're still playing music. It's just, you know, you play it to your pace and to your liking. That's, that's awesome. Because I think a lot of people do get stuck into the whole, all right, priority and, and you know, donating and all that mm. jazz. It's, and that does take away a little bit from that flow. It can get overwhelming very quickly. Yeah. Um, so and I mean, I'm not, that's not to say that's not the right way to do it. Like sure. everyone does their own thing, but I just, to me, I just found it more relaxing. Yeah. That's nice. I've always, uh, I, w I would love to hear your take on the whole, uh, you know, as, as a, as an artist, as a musical artist, especially here on Twitch, uh, as well as offline. How do you feel about the whole DMCA stuff that's going on in the platform? I know this topic is, is a couple oh. months older, but I'd love to know your take specifically uh, as a, as a, I would consider, you know, a master of the subject. To, to an extent there it's tough man it's like <laughs> i get it i get it like but at the same time it's sort of a bit rough it's rough like it really is rough like i get it as someone who releases music i understand why artists don't want people just using their music for free yeah but i think given that it's not even 
like it'd be different if it was front and center and the focal point of whatever it is that they were doing. Mm. So if, if someone was taking my music and, you know, sharing my stuff and then, I don't know, doing something with it and it was the focal point of everything about it, then I'd be like, mm. hey man, you could have like at least asked or, you know, something. But mm. if it's like background music, like you're playing games and then someone's playing some music of yours or something like that, I'm like, go ahead, use it, like go nuts. Because mm-hmm. that is, to me, I think this might be the smallest, smaller artist versus bigger artist mentality. But for me, I'm like, hey, it's free marketing. Like people hear it and they go, oh, what's yeah. that song? Cool. I might go look it up. Whereas like bigger artists, they're like, where's give me my, my bread. Like yeah. I want to, yeah, where's my money? You just paid my music. I want to, I want to, I want to get paid. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I understand it because it's their job. Like I get it. But at the same time, it's very, I don't know. It's, it's like, pinching, like pinching pennies mm. from people for mm-hmm. not like if, if anything it's going to hurt you you know if you say no you can't use my shit and they're going to be like oh such and such won't want to use me oh yeah don't use him he's an asshole like you know mm. what i mean mm. oh definitely no there's the you know it's so quick once that if they were to actually respond if an artist were to actually respond on twitter about that that's blowing up that's going viral it, it's crazy oh. how like attached twitch community is to this Oh, and, and there's a lot of artists that like, there's been streamers that have tweeted out big artists and said, Hey, I love your stuff. And I usually listen to music while I play games or whatever. Can I play it? And there's been bands and musicians and artists and all that. They've gone, go nuts. Like, yeah, use our stuff. Like, you're not, you're not selling our music and making money from it. Yeah. You're using our music as just sort of some, some stuff in the background to you know, give your stream some hype or whatever, go nuts. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones then that gets retweeted like a thousand times. Then they'll, every other streamer knows you can exactly. use that. People go and listen to that band. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look what happened with Harris Heller. You know, he, he put out this product that, that serves the public. And then, you know, it just took off like that because, well, free also helps. But, you know, also knowing that it's safe and all that jazz, it, it, mm. it's just, yeah, that, that, that in its own right has, has helped. Um, a whole new avenue of what uh, music is on, on Twitch and, and what he does as a streamer and content creator. That being said, Chris, let me just thank real quick here, the Raid Hyphen. Thank you so much for the 21-person Raid, man. Welcome, welcome, everyone from the Hyphen Raid. We have here C. Miller Music is here in the studio today. We are just getting uh, a bit of his, his time here on Twitch, and we'll roll into the live stories in just a second. Thanks so much, everyone, for coming through, as well as the follows. Um, let me ask about your community, Chris, all right? If I asked your community who you are and I had no idea who you were, what do you think they would say to me? Um, I'd hope they say that I'm welcoming and nice and, you know, just full of energy and I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think they'd mm-hmm. say all those nice things about me. <laughs> Are they more of the? I feel like uh, is is there a roasting background? Is there? Do they give you a little trouble oh, on yeah. stream? Oh, then yeah, and I think that's sort of like that. Come that comes with the the territory of being 100%. an Australian. I reckon it's just like it's just you know shits and giggles. People say stuff mm-hmm. just to get a rise out of you, knowing like joking around. Like I know there's some people that they get like those jokes thrown at them, and they're like, oh, and they get really upset about it. But like as an Aussie, I'm just like. Ha, nice one. Good. You know, and like I might give him a bit of shit back or whatever. Like, you know, look at me and the interactions between me and my wife. That's just sort of what I'm like with everybody in, in Twitch in the community in general. Like if they want to muck around and throw some jokes, that's by all means. Though I, I usually as I said, normally it's just everybody giving me shit for the entire stream. <laughs> I 
like it. I like it. Solid. <laughs> let's let's flip that question around though. How would you describe your community to me? If I popped in, I said, "Yo, Chris, tell me about these people that are watching you. What 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 could you tell to, uh, about them to me?" Oh, I just love them, man. They're just so full of hope. Like mm. they all they want to do is just see me succeed. That's it. They just come, they, you know, I know there's people that get up in the morning and have morning coffee and, and specifically get up to watch me, that's which I think is insane. Like blows my mind, but I think that's just, that's what I mean. They just, all they want to do is they just want nothing but the best for me and my family. They just, they're happy to be there and excited. Like nobody, like rarely anybody gets cranky about anything. Like everyone's just so happy and warm and welcoming with everybody else that's new to the community. Like someone would be like, oh, it's my first time here. And they'll just get bombarded by people like, oh, welcome. How you doing? You know, everything's so just it works. Like, and I think that's a, that it's a combination of both of us. Like you, your community is what you build. That's it's as simple as that. If you, if you build a crappy toxic community, well, you got no one else to blame but yourself. I think if you create, if you, all you want to do is have a certain thing. If you act that way, your community should eventually mm. be created in that manner. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I like that. I like that a lot, especially the, 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 the phrase, they all want you to su succeed. I think that's big. I think yeah. that's, I, I, now that I take a look about that, you know, I've, I've, you're number 61. You're the 61st streamer I've had this conversation, I've had on this show. And when I look back upon all those, these, these interviews, I think you know, no one has ever said that answer, full of hope and want to see me succeed. But that's so true. That's the antithesis. Of, of, you know, supporting the streamer. You know, I just wanted, to, wanted mm. to gas him up, give him the extra view. We're not even talking subs. We're not talking donuts. We're talking no. something more valuable, which is attention. Um, and time. That's, yeah, time. Uh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great realization. I, too much wisdom. Too many dimes, Chris. You're, you're dropping too many dimes. I could tell the, the, the age range between what, I, what I've interviewed in the past and where I am right now. I could tell there's too much. There's too much wisdom being uh, brought in. That being said, all right. You, you call you, me you, old, bro? I, don't even <laughs> I, I saw you share that photo of you when you were at a wedding uh, with, with your wife when you didn't have the beard, all right? That's when I knew. I was like, all right, this guy's got me. He's got my number, all right? He's, I'm usually the old soul here. I'm only 27, my man, 28 in like a month. But, yeah, I've, uh, no, you're looking young, my man, all right? You're, you're looking much healthier Thanks, than I. Um, that being said, all right, we're moving into life stories. I have a segment in the show where I, where I go and use the restroom. Do you, do you at all have to use the restroom? Let Absolutely. Me, go ahead. Go ahead. You can go first. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the heat here, and, and we'll switch off uh, once, once you're back. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Hyphen, thank you so much, bud. I appreciate that dearly. I appreciate the raid. What do we got here? Blopping Loppin. Oh my gosh, that is a that's that's a stroke for me to read, my man. What's up? Yeah, what's up, Hayden? I gotta go pee. I'm gonna be honest, dude. I gotta go take a piss. I don't know what I was doing. Moms, you cute. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> this is too much, dude. Chris is dope, man. Chris is dope, but is I like. He's uh he's so advanced in terms of speaking. I could tell. Like in terms of like his worldview, he's lived such a life. And I'm curious to see what some of that may be that we'll find out tonight. But man, he's lived a lot. You could tell. You could tell. He's just 
something about him, man. His aura, man. I'm getting into spiritual TikTok too much again. I'm I'm talking way too. His crystals, his crystals. They just. He's just a wise person, man. You could tell he's got a good heart, and he's got a he's got a talent, man. He's got a love for what he does here. Such a talent too, Vicky. How you doing? Nice to see you. Pretty chill. Yeah, he's dope. What's his uh sign? What's his sign and favorite? You can ask him, Soul Ripper. Go ahead, ask him. I'll be right back. Give me one minute, Chris. I'll be right back. You're good. Gemini and orange. <laughs> there you go, Lieutenant Soul Ripper. Gemini and orange. <laughs> Any other hard questions, guys? Come at it. Bring them on. <laughs> Vicky, thank you so much for the kind words. Favorite fruit? I'll have to say apple. I love apples. McDonald's order? Large Big Mac meal and a cheeseburger. Or a large quarter pounder meal and a cheeseburger. But I've always got to have the cheeseburger. Favorite song to play on guitar would probably be Neon by John Mayer, just because it's a little bit fancy. It's, it's a hard song to play, but it sounds really nice. That's probably my favorite to play. Um, perfect day. What do you mean by that, Vicky? What would I do on a perfect day? Is that what you mean? Yeah? Probably just... Play some music in the morning. Eat bacon and eggs. Play some music in the morning. Do something with my kids in the afternoon. Have some dinner. Spend some time with my wife at night. That's like my perfect day. That's my, that's my chill day. That's my Sunday. And I think Sundays are my favorite. What was your best day so far? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. What was a tough one? What did I walk in on? Who's this? I said, what's your, what, what was your best day so far in life or in streaming? <laughs> Cause in life is a toughie. I'm, I've got three kids. I can't choose any of those because then they'll fight with each other. True. The day I got married. How's that? Wow. Here we go, guys. Here we go. The cop out. So he's going to, he's going to throw all three of the kids under the bus going the life. <laughs> smart, smart move. Smart move. Yeah, smart move. Well smart done. Move. Yeah. That you know what you are playing. You're playing a different type of chess, all right? It's a mental chess. That's uh, that's yeah. way that's way too advanced. That was way too advanced of a move. I haven't learned that one yet. Clearly, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that one. But uh, Chris, all right, we're 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 leaning into the the meat and potatoes of the show, which is the life story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get to say this to you in the DMs, but I I actually prefer saying this here, um, in front of uh, in front of those that are watching as well. Uh, if there's anything you don't want to cover, if there's any question that goes too deep that, that, that I start, you know, cause I'll ask a lot of follow-ups to our conversation, feel free yeah, to either ask. give me a no answer or, or don't answer at all. Or just tell me, you know, it's a little personal. I a hundred percent am on your team. It's the guest first. And yep. then those that are watching. Um, so with that being said, let's start off at the very top. We're talking about family and, and kind of growing up. Um, without doxing yourself, if you can give a state, city, territory, where were you born and raised, Chris? Uh, I was actually born and raised in my hometown. I uh, was born here, moved away, and then moved mm-hmm. back later on in life when I was about 16 mm-hmm. uh, in, on the border of New South Wales and Victoria in Australia. Nice, nice. Any siblings? Uh, yeah, I've got five. 
five. And are you where do you uh, where are you in the pecking order of the five total? Uh, it's technically I'm the second eldest, but everybody in the family considers me the eldest. <laughs> Why so? Why so the eldest? Well, what is it about you that gives uh, such older just maturity? Just okay. maturity. I can, yeah. <laughs> I can see it. That's exactly what I was saying during the bathroom break. I was like, this man is dropping dimes. And I, we're, you know, out of the league in terms of conversation, I'm just like, holy cow, what, I need to adjust myself. I came in as I'm thinking about the intro to this show and all the BS that I was doing with the people watching. I think, <laughs> oh, wow, how quickly. It's almost like when the teacher corrects you, like, all right, time to turn in your homework. And I'm like, oh, crap. I <laughs> am a phony. Like... Red marked everywhere. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I just, yes, I, felt... I think you made a mistake. This is not supposed to be an F. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was like, listen, man, if you want to leave the show, I understand. I'll see you later, my man. We had a cool DM conversation. I'll see you later. So... <laughs> So what if I t- tell me about the 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 uh, relationships here with with all your siblings? Is there you know five is such a, that, that I haven't had too many. My, my mom is one of seven, so I can kind of understand in terms of bigger family. But like, tell mm-hmm. me how it is being. Is it five total or is it six, including yourself? Six, including myself. Six, including. So tell me about the uh, dynamics within your siblings, uh, including yourself. Um. Funnily enough, I only talk to two of them, really, uh, which is my younger, one of my younger brothers and one of my younger sisters. Um, just, just purely from a, just a, for my family, yeah. a lot of drama, you know what I mean? Like sure. I don't have to deal with it and all that sort of stuff. And I want to protect my kids mm-hmm. and don't have to, don't want them to be involved with what they're involved with. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any stories growing up that you and your siblings uh that you have of you and your siblings that was kind of like one of those like uh you know we're in this together like partners in crime kind of stories where it's like all right we're both doing something that all right kind of uh, on the border i gotta watch your back you gotta watch mine was there any of that growing up in your household well funnily enough the the, the most memorable story for that would actually be one of my step siblings, not one of my hmm. actual siblings. Okay. Because um, my, my parents divorced very early mm-hmm. uh, in life. And so my dad got a new partner and she had kids already and he was a year older than I was. So mm-hmm. we're same age, same sort of friend circles and all that. But uh, we, because our family was so big, mm-hmm. there wasn't enough rooms in the house. So my dad thought he'd make a smart choice. And he was like, you know what? You two older boys, how about I get a caravan and I do it up for you and that can be your bedroom? And I was like, yes. Yeah, okay. Because we could be away from the house. We can do our own thing. You know, it could be like our own little home, whatever. And uh, which meant when everybody went to bed, there was nobody that could uh, stop us from sneaking out. (laughs) (laughs) So so we'd get up to all sorts of trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And this one time it sort of all backfired on us very, very badly. We, um, we went out with a, I don't know if you know what a spud gun is, like no, a uh, potato gun. Potato gun, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not, not the little ones that you poke into a potato and you pull it out and you shoot it. I'm talking the ones where you stuff a potato in a cannon and you yeah. shoot a cannon. Yeah, and you spray deodorant in the end and you, uh-huh. you know, I'm not going to tell everybody how to make a weapon here or live on stream, but these things are actually <laughs> deadly. Like they're, they're, they're partly explosive device, partly cannon, partly gun. Um, 
<laughs> like it's crazy, right? <laughs> okay. So we used to we used to go, we used to live near the beach, and so we'd go out to like the cliffs, and we'd shove potatoes in there, and we'd you know <laughs> blow on potato. We'd blow street signs up with them and letterboxes and all this sort of stuff. Oh, and we were doing this. We were walking. Yeah. We were walking around town, you know, middle of the night, shooting spuds all over town, just <laughs> shooting everything. And we went to a primary school, and there was a basketball, you know, basketball court. And so what we were trying to do is we'll stand on one end, shoot spuds and see if we could hit the backboard on the other side. <laughs> and we'll, so here we are in the middle of school, bang, bang, bang. There's all these bangs going off. And eventually somebody thought that obviously somebody was shooting a weapon of some description and the police showed up. Sure. So we, ba- we ran, we bailed, we were out of there, gone. We're hiding in bushes. We're trying to like get all the way back home before we're getting busted. It was like full mission impossible. Yeah. Uh, and then my stepbrother's phone rang and we were like, okay, answered it. And it was his mum. She was like, oh, what are you guys doing? Just wanted to know if you wanted to watch this movie. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, we're just chilling out. We're just, you know, chilling out because they didn't know we'd snuck out. Yeah. And she turns around. She's like, you're both lying little pricks. Get home right now. <laughs> and we're just like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but the police and the parents didn't. Like they didn't know about the police. So we still had to try and somehow navigate our way all the way home, not get busted to get home just to get in trouble. Oh, (laughs) that's the worst. It's well, it's the lesser of two evils. I don't want to deal with the law, but forget. I didn't want to deal with the law and the parents afterwards for being in trouble with the law. But yeah, we, we, we hightailed our asses home after jumping a few fences and everything got home and, and then walked in and, yeah, copped our penance. <laughs> <laughs> That's a proper way of saying it. That's a proper yeah. way of saying it. I think I can read between the lines there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is, forget, you know, all the meta right now is GTA role playing. That's real life, man. That is, you are literally, do- yeah. so you did dodge the cops then. You dodged it, <laughs> you, you got through the fences. That's insane. With your spud we gun intact. Time. Jeez <laughs> yes. Louise. Those things are, those are legitimately lethal. Like those are, that's, oh, that's yeah. huge. Oh, they're 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 no joke, but that's that's awesome that you're able to. So when when you did inevitably get back home, and uh, what was that feeling like? You got away from the cop, you got away from a law, but then the real like the you got away from the law enforcement, yeah. but the judge and executioner, you still did not. <laughs> you did, did not, not get escape. Away from them. You no. did not. <laughs> Did you have to move back in, or were you still allowed uh, back in the the the, way, uh, the area you were living outside there? Or, well, they couldn't bring us in the house because there wasn't enough bedrooms, so That's we had right. to, we we still stayed out there. So we were like, <laughs> we played good boys for a couple of weeks, and then we'll back after our shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just wait so a little cool. bit later for the parents to go to bed before we mm-hmm. snuck out and do some more dumb shit. <laughs> I love that. I love that. See, it's it's stuff like that, man. It's like in hindsight, you know, a little bit wild. I don't know how that would fly in 2021. I don't know. Aww. Let me ask you this, Chris. You know, you got your kids. Do they know? Like, is there if they knew these stories of their pop, you know, leaving, <laughs> leaving out town, hanging out with potato guns, doing this and that. Like, how can you how is there any like discipline in in, in terms of like. You know, you've lived your life. You've know your life. You've you've had these experiences, and then when you get frustrated with your kid, how can you ever think to yourself like, "Oh man, it's not like you know, it's not like I've never been there before." How does that even work? Like, I'm trying to understand your mindset. This is insane to me. 
there's a lot going on. Oh my yeah, you got to be careful. You got to be careful what you tell your, you own up to your kids about what you did <laughs> when you were their age, because you know, otherwise they turn around and be like, "But dad, you did it." Exactly. And you're like, "God damn it!" Like, yes, I did, but that doesn't mean it's okay. God damn it! I can't. I can't wait to like. I'm gonna save this video for your kid's 18th birthday, and one by one, they're gonna watch this clip of the, the wildness online now. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the copyright strike? It's insane. It's yeah, insane. MCA. Been using my music without in my uh, without my approval. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Some, there's something about his channel. He's talking about building potato guns. I we need him out of here. Yeah. He's not safe. He's not safe. <laughs> oh, Teach people how to make weaponry. <laughs> He's talking about fucking sisters. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's insane here. He's allowing this kind of shit here on the show. I love it. That's that's it's too much. You're out of pocket. So let's go back a little bit about you growing up here. All right. So tell me, uh, in terms of your your household, your parents, uh, was it a strict household? Was it was it pretty ruled? Pretty much ruled with an iron fist. What kind of what kind of household did you live in? Um, very rough. To be honest, like I'll, I'll say, I'll be the first one to say my childhood was shit show. Mm. Um, and, and it didn't get any better until I got to probably by the time I was finished being a teenager. Mm. Um, it was, it was pretty rough the whole way through. Um, my mom suffers from uh, very high levels of mental illness, mm. uh, from bipolar and depression and schizophrenia and um, a lot of drugs and alcohol as well, which yeah. never made it any easier. Um, but taught uh, taught me a lot about life in general, I think, um, mm. and how to deal with people and and all that sort of stuff. And then my father was, and, and she was very much like, "You can do whatever you want." Like, you know, when I when I moved back with my mum when I was about sixteen, um, you know, uh, to my friends, like I said to my friends one night, it was a school night. You know, you know, it's like school nights. You're supposed to be home at a certain time. You're supposed to be in bed. You know, there's supposed to be some sort of schedule. Yeah. And it was like ten thirty at night. And I'm like, "Watch this!" And I rang my friend and said. Uh, rang mom and said, Hey, I'm not going to be home until midnight. You know, Jason's mom can't bring me home until then. And she was like, what are you calling me for? So it was very much like, like the, it wasn't there where my dad was the complete opposite. He was in the mm. army for 20 years, corporal served overseas in many different you know wow. areas. So he was very much like you're up at seven o'clock in the morning. You're doing this stuff. You go into school, you get good grades, you come home, you do your homework, you do your chores, you go to bed. Like he's wow. just like, and so it was very tough growing up it's like with that iron fist as you put it yeah but then but then when i got older i was like ah but i kind of needed it (laughs) (laughs) because mum was complete opposite like she was like do whatever you want if he didn't sort of make me responsible for a lot of things because i was the like i said i was like basically the oldest sibling if i wasn't responsible enough and i didn't look after things and help out or do whatever the whole thing would have just fallen apart. Yeah. You know, he's a, he, at the time he was a single parent trying to look after four kids, you know, working seven days a week. Like he was busting his ass. And at the time I was like, why is he, like, why is he riding me? But then later on in life, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of needed it. And so did he like, yeah, it's tough. Tell me about your relationships with your parents individually. I mean, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, the stuff that's going on that, that went on with your mom's life and, and the the military background with your your father tell me tell me about your relationship with them personally i guess uh, i don't speak to my mother anymore um 
And that's and that was a decision that was made, you know, after many, 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 many yeah. years. It wasn't until I was in my twenties and I had kids of my own. Mm-hmm. So then I had it wasn't just me yeah. dealing with her. It was I need to protect my kids and I don't want my kids to see you know, the stuff that I had to see when I was growing up and I don't, mm. I don't want to keep their innocence. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to make sure that they get to grow up and be kids. I, I never got to be a kid. Like wow. I, I had to do a lot of things very early and I had to grow up very, very quickly um, and help out with my other younger siblings to make sure that they, they didn't have to go through all the shit that I had to go through. Mm. So yeah, it got to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't let this happen anymore. And yeah, I had to, I had to, cut her out probably a bad way of putting it but cut her out so that my children didn't have to to deal with that or see that with my father i'd still see my father like he lives four or five hours away from me now but um i think the older i've gotten now the more he's less he's not as harsh anymore like once i moved out and he really backed off a little bit like with my my younger brother and sister they had a lot more leeway and a lot mm-hmm. more you know and, and it's usually the way it goes. Like the older sibling, they usually cop, you know, the the, the more strict parents. And then as it gets down and down and down, it's like the parents are like, can't yeah. be bothered. <laughs> you know we mean? tried. We like, heard you did. Too much trouble. Too much trouble. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> They've given up by the third one. No, <laughs> but it is. It's sort of like he he was like, oh, maybe I was a bit too rough. And so he, put, he reined it in a little bit. And he'd been wow. out of the army by that stage for... 15 years so i think mm-hmm. it sort of softened him up a little bit too and um so we still get along and everything yeah growing up i mean you 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 were exposed with with all that stuff in terms of mental health and alcohol and and, and drug abuse how did you process that uh, at at your age when you're witnessing this in real time how did you kind of uh, i wouldn't say justify but kind of make sense of the situation and the reality that you were in at that moment oh it was tough hang on a second go ahead there you are. Um, no, it was tough. It was like, it was, it was more about, it was almost like a survival thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't, I had to survive that moment, get yeah. to the next one, survive that moment, get to the next one. And, you know, I worked on that and it, it was, and that was like, it's, it's made me the person I am today, mm. but at the same time, like it's, it can make me very, um, I don't know. I'm a logical thinker before I'm an emotional thinker now. Like I just go, are you doing this for the right reason? Like whether it be a person coming to me, it's like, are you doing this for the right reason? Yeah. You know, should I be helping you? Should I do this? Should I do that? I think everything logical first and then emotional second. Um, mm. Whereas a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will be emotional thinkers. Oh, you're nice. You're being nice to me. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's sometimes like, I, I don't want to be taken advantage of. I feel like I'm being taken advantage of or people are, you know, I'm not saying all people are bad, but that's just who I am now. Like, yeah. that's just, what, that's what it's created. Definitely. Definitely. So then uh, tell me this, you know, you, you yourself are now a husband and a father, three. Mm-hmm. What are some lessons, if not, let, let's make it more specific. Can you give me one lesson that both your parents, both your mom and your dad have taught you that you apply today, whether it be a direct lesson or an indirect lesson that they've given you? Oh, God. This is this is going to be the weirdest answer. All right, let's do it. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Appropriate punishment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's no, the weirdest. That's the weirdest and title. Let, let me finish. Yeah. Please. Let me finish. 
I don't think that's a category on the hub, sir. I don't know. (laughs) And what I mean by that is like my parents were very over the top. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I did something wrong. I got in heaps of shit for it. Like I was always, 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 you know, whereas like with my children, I try and get them to understand what they've done wrong. Yeah. Why it's wrong. And then give them some sort of punishment that's like justifiable, you know, like not, not, you know, you don't have to belt your kids. You don't yeah. have to, you know, you don't have to ground them for a month because they did something ridiculously or whatever. Don't get me wrong. My kids have done some shit that I was like, my dad would have grounded me for a whole year if I'd done that. Like I, my ass would be grass, but it's finding that, that level with your kids, kids that they understand that yes, you're in charge, but at the same time, like you still respect them. Can, and you've can, got to give them a punishment that, that, that makes sense. Could you give us an example of a punishment or a situation where your kid's done wrong and you had to, you know, really think through a uh, justifiable, I guess, uh, punishment? Um, there's one at the moment that I've been thinking about. Oh, something um, happened recently? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, gosh. yeah. So the thing that's been, and I said this on stream the other day and everyone laugh, like laugh their ass off and they're like, that's perfect. All right. So my kids have this problem where they ride their bikes out the front. That's not the problem. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. They ride their bikes and their scooters and everything out the front yard. However, they leave them lying around everywhere. Mm. Just in the front yard, we don't have a fence or anything. So they just leave it out in the driveway or they leave it out on the nature strip or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to gather up all their bikes and scooters and I'm going to go and hide them. And I'm going to tell them they were stolen. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they're going to be upset. Right? Oh, my 100%. God. My shit's been stolen because I left it outside. Dad told me 15 times to put it away. And I didn't. Now it's gone. Holy shit. Dad was right. And then I'll bring it out later on and be like, no, it wasn't stolen. But it could be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. My mom did the exact same thing and it it ruined me. It ruined me for life. No, I love that though. It's, it's, it's a smart way of teaching. It's, it's teaching by like experience, but it doesn't take away. You don't need to have the tragedy of actually having it stolen. Yeah. Uh, And that's, yeah, I love it. You get that feeling and then, Oh my God, I've lost something. Mm -hmm. Oh, hang on a second. Not dad was just teaching me what it would feel like if I lost something. <laughs> not just that though. You there's an extra layer. I think you're you're not considering where it's like, crap, dad's been telling me to do this thing. And now because and that's a whole other shame. There is a lot like of my my heart would drop. I, I it's not so much I would care that my bike was stolen, it's my dad was right. <laughs> and now yeah, I gotta face, was right. yeah, exactly. I gotta face the music. <laughs> God damn it. He's yeah. gonna hold this over me for the next twenty exactly. years. Exactly. <laughs> Remember that time and I told true, you fifteen a- seconds. <laughs> no, it is legitimately true. I still talk to my dad about the same shitty punishments that he's like, Hey, remember you left your uh thing in the, the driveway and we pretended to steal it and then you cried. Because you didn't in front of your cousins. And I'm like, really, dad? I'm 28 years old, 27 years old. You couldn't leave that in the past. You had to bring that up during Thanksgiving every year. So it's just, I love that. That's, so, that's beautiful. That's perfect. That's, that's creating a memory whether they want it or not. <laughs> yeah. You got to learn. Uh, yeah. Today you learn. <laughs> so, so but, but bringing us back to the question there. So there's one there. There's that appropriate punishment. Which one would you say between your, your mom and dad that you, are you saying that you learned that from your dad? 
in terms of giving yeah. a pro yeah. and so how about 100%. one with your how about one with your mother um oh i didn't really uh, to be honest i didn't learn a lot from her i hmm. probably learned what not to do if anything yeah um mm-hmm. like i learned what not to do from both of them but from her it was all not what to do it was all about how to treat people and including your kids. Like you got to have a level of respect and a level and a, and a level of you want to keep them as kids, like not forever. I'm not saying, but like whilst they're kids, let them be kids and, yeah. and not let them have to see or deal with certain things that they shouldn't have to deal with. And I think that's, you know, me and my wife are very, very much on board with that one. Like if, if a kids don't need to be in a room to see something or deal with something or something's happening, we're very mm-hmm. much, nope. Out you go. Adults yeah. need to do some adult stuff for a moment, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's not saying that they wouldn't understand it or anything like that. And it's not that we don't have want to have that conversation. We just want to have a level of, like I said, innocence. I just want them to be kids 100%. while they're kids. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier on uh, that you yourself didn't have the opportunity to be a kid. You had to grow up quick um, mm-hmm. with, with the environment that you were in. Do you ever find yourself kind of wishing you had a childhood? Do you ever find yourself trying to recapture something of the past of, of trying to, you know, you didn't have those experiences when you're younger, but what's stopping you from having them now? I th- and I think I live vicariously through my children for that. Ah, like my wife, uh, my wife quite often says she has four children. <laughs> because she does. <laughs> and she has to deal with it. <laughs> like I, I'm, a, I'm a kid old. You say that I'm a kid old because... I legit, I just, I enjoy doing the stuff that the kids do. Like, I, you know, they'll, things that you would probably be like, oh my God, that's so, so embarrassing. The kids love it. Because Shoot, what is it? I'm just, oh, like, man, I'll show you an example right now and you will love this. And Please. I know everybody in the community, I showed this online to people and they just absolutely lost their minds. So I, I started a little TikTok a while ago um, with my eldest daughter because she wanted to, uh, like it's on my account, but I mean, she wanted to, she was like, dad, can we do a TikTok? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, for sure. That's dope. Yeah. And so we did it and she wanted me to do the dance with her. So I did it. Oh, I, I pulled it up. Hey, oh, hey, so you back. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Good, good, good. Let me switch over scenes here real quick. <laughs> oh boy. It is a little, let me see. Get the. I know it's going full blast, guys. You guys, uh, <laughs> bear with me. All right. <laughs> you might want to turn it down a little bit, but let's give it a listen here. All right. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. Hacking, stupid. What was happening? What was happening? I'm a savage. I'll deal with that. I'll deal with the DMCA later. But I, that this is awesome though. This is like parenting 101. Like I would have killed for my dad to do this with me. Like these dumb kind of stuff with me. Tell me. So it it it's starting to sound like you are the one volunteering. I don't know if this is her idea here. Like you know what? This is it. This is this is the one we're going with. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, Jazz. I've learned a new dance. Can we do it? <laughs> I just want to, I need you in it so I don't look completely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> oh my God. It was, it, was, it was just one of those moments. She was like, oh, dad, the, the dance. And I was like, right, teach me. And so we were like doing it. She's like, let's mm-hmm. do it on TikTok. And I was like, all right, cool. 
so we did it. And and I think my favorite part about that whole lot is my small, like my youngest daughter just comes in at the end, very much at the end and just starts dancing in front of everybody. <laughs> Jibrating here, going shuffling. She's doing her own thing. Yeah, it was so- on stream. <laughs> it was good. That's great stuff, man. That's, that's awesome. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that, that you, you- Again, this is another thing that I've never really realized. You're saying you're living vicariously through your children and you really want to yeah. keep that innocence. And you want to, you know, live with them, grow up with them, um, especially in hindsight of, of your experience uh, in your past. And, and it's really cool to see you kind of not just I wouldn't use heal, but it's like you're, you're growing out of what happened. Like you, you've taken what, what occurred in your life and you've applied it in a positive manner. Um, to do good and and really, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I like. I'm excited to see what what happens with your family on Twitch in terms of them growing up. That's kind of the cool part. I think about having you know your children, your family on Twitch. You kind of see them grow together. It's not just content anymore in terms of your music, but it's like there's an yeah. extra investment that people that uh, that are a part of your stream, a part of your community, get to be a, uh, get to witness in real time. But yeah, and, and I think like I have to be careful too. Like I don't want to have course. kids, my kids on stream all the time for obvious reasons. But mm-hmm. they love it. They mm-hmm. they love that I do streaming stuff. Like they want to. Like, my son, son wants to start. Like Dad, I want a YouTube channel. I want to do That's all these so things. Cool. Da, da 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 And it, they like sometimes they'll come on and like there was a stream I did a couple of months ago where all my kids came on with me and we sang different songs together and we did all that live and like I let them do that on sort of like special occasions or every now and again so that they can get involved and because nine times out of 10, I'm they're in bed when I'm streaming. Like yeah. they don't awake. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so when they get to do it, they're like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. And yeah, so cool. Enjoy. I enjoy seeing their faces and their reactions to stuff too. Mm-hmm. I think I, uh, there was one stream I was lurking. You were uh, singing some like Disney songs. I, I, I There was another <laughs> man there. His voice for yeah. those songs were <laughs> ridiculous and they were so good. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, one of my mods and he's actually one of my best friends. No um, way. And he was around, he was, yeah, he was just around that night. And I was like, come on, come sing some songs with me. And he was like, yeah. uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I just sat there. I literally, I had you up on my other monitor. I'm trying to write a, like, a, a feel good blog. And I'm just like, this man is yelling out some sort of, I can't even put my finger on what, what character that was, but it's one of these wacky oh, it characters. It was, yeah, it was um, Zazu and, and Simba when they're, they're talking about, I just want to be king. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That was great stuff. That was great stuff. Uh, let me ask you one more question in regards to family. We'll move on to, to, to a little bit of education here. Uh, you know, one thing that I really pride this show on being you know, regardless of this being on Twitch, if I were to not be on Twitch, I would take this show on the road with me because I love doing mm-hmm. this stuff. I find it um, to be a time capsule, a moment in time where we get to capture a little bit about your history, your present and your future. Um, that being said, I want to focus more on the present. Mm-hmm. What would you want your kids, if your kids were seeing this in the far future, let's say that like, 20 years from now, they were to stumble upon this interview. And they're like, oh my gosh, my dad's here with some random Asian man on the computer. <laughs> I would like, I would love to hear what you would like your children to know, what you would want them to know forever, something that they can never forget, uh, a little message for them about uh, how you feel about them. How I feel about them? Yes. Oh. I love you. 
And no matter what you do, just do it well. Try try to do it well at least. And then no matter what, I'll always be proud of you. No matter what. That's so nice. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I think I think part of me wants to just keep that for me now. <laughs> All right, now for your kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> owe me 18 years of money <laughs> there it is rent's due baby i love yeah. that that's Pay up. <laughs> that's so awesome like i and i wanted you know i wanted to capture this specific moment because i think it's it's little easter eggs like that that i think make life just a little bit more beautiful because it's so it's so awesome that they can you know in time i, I consider this kind of show evergreen content where it's not just i'm live on twitch it's there forever and um wherever you and i go in life uh whether we cross paths again like this is a moment that we got to share and we got to talk about you and your family and and now your kids get to have some a piece of investment um that they a little token that they can keep with them so i I find that i I don't know it's it's one of those things that i love using this channel for um that being said Let's let's lean into a little bit of education, all right? Let's let's talk about your time specifically. Let's start off in high school, okay? Um, you're familiar with a lot of the high school stereotypes. You got the jocks, the nerds, the emo mm-hmm. kids, the outcasts. Where would you classify yourself in that that hierarchy? Not hierarchy. That that cat- categories of 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 high school. I, I was a skater boy, mate. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I was a skater boy, man, all the way through high school. Um, I was all about basketball, skateboarding, and the beach. That was just, that was it. This is, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know what I was expecting, to be frank with you, but I was not expecting skater boy. So when did you, wait, let's start off from the even beginning. How long have you been skating for? I don't skate anymore, man. I'm too old for that. Oh. I'll, I'll break a hip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't be doing that nowadays. They can't. Although, although I did buy my son a skateboard, and I can tell you here and now, I can still kickflip. Okay. Can't okay. tray flip, but I can still kickflip. Yeah. We're gonna need a little bit of proof there, Chris. All right, we're gonna need a little bit. There's uh, gonna be uh, an IRL vod. We'll need to see. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. All right. That's dope, though. So in high school then, let, let's go with even the, the easier questions too. I got to get them uh, in there. Favorite subjects, any co-curricular activities, like activities outside of, of high school that you were doing at the time? Uh, what was the first one? Favorite subjects. Favorite subjects, said? yeah. Oh, this is going to sound so nerdy, but math. Because I was good at it. Because I was good at it. Like my, my dad was an a ex-army and an engineer. Jeez, so he okay. taught me maths really, really early on. And like, so when I got to high school maths, I was like, eh, this is boring, but I'm good at it. And mm-hmm. so I'll just do well at it. And little bit, I work in finance now. Go figure. <laughs> this is all blowing my mind. <laughs> I had no idea. Again, this is why we do the show. This is why I got to sit down and I got to <laughs> skateboarder turned finance i you know not even the wolf of wall street himself could write this kind of story this is insane all right well we'll get to the job part in a second uh tell me tell me about did you do any any clubs any of that stuff in high school was that or were you just strictly once school's done you're going to the skate part you're going to the beach you're hanging out with the friends oh basketball 100 percent. oh no way basketball yeah through uh probably with from about 14 onwards, 
Uh, maybe a little bit earlier, actually. Maybe like 11, 12, I started playing um, and then started playing like competitions and, and leagues and stuff like that. Uh, and then I finished up playing rep uh, in when I was 15. And then I think that was like the last time I played. So that was like, that was all I did. And then when I moved back to my mom's house and started going to high school up here where I live now, um, it was all music. Like I just, cause I had a lot of people here that played music and most of my friends played music. So we just fell into bands and stuff together. Was there any influential teachers in high school? Anyone that kind of pushed you in a way that, that, uh, not many other teachers would have that inspired you to do something outside. What well, do you have any of those figures in your life? I have three of them. Awesome. There's three teachers in particular that stand out to me for all of my life. And they were always will. Uh, one was called, his name was just, he just said, he never told us his last name. Like, cause he didn't want to be called Mr. Something. He just said, my name's Richard. Call me Richard or Dick. Mm. Either one's fine. And, but he was an ex military. Dang. Uh, right. yeah, he came from the military, but he was, he was awesome. He was amazing. He was different to every other teacher that I've ever been with or, you know, everything. He was that guy that was like, he was brought in because our class were assholes. And I was like, you know what? Let's get the ex army dude in here. He'll straighten them out. <laughs> exactly. But little did they know he was just super cool. Like he was, he was, he, he knew how to talk to kids and knew how mm. to talk to teenagers. And he's like, don't worry. I, I've been where you are. I know, I know. You know, he might be having a shit time, blah, 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 but it's not the teacher's fault. Like you need to, we're here to learn, we're here to do things like da, da, da. And he was never, an, he was never strict. He was, he was just, he was approachable and friendly, which was nothing we'd never had before. Wow. And he was awesome. Like we would, you know, this is probably going to sound completely messed up, but he was like, do, I want to say a project. If you could write how to use anything, write a recipe on how to use something. And he would like, and it was so dumb, but he was like, someone's like, oh, fine, I'll teach you how to use a pen. And he's like, okay, write me an instruction on how to use a pen. And then people would write these instructions and he would follow their instructions and he'd end up like holding the pen upside down mm-hmm. because they didn't write in the instructions that they have to hold it the right, right way around. I love he's that. Like, and then that, that, that turned into a lesson about being, um, you know, when you want somebody to do something for you, you need to be exact and or not exact but you need to be a little bit more descriptive about things you can't just be like i'll go do this and then when they do it wrong blame them for it because you didn't tell them how to do it properly and i was like oh my god yeah like that was a lesson for me you know (laughs) and like it was it was one of those things that stands out in my mind and i was like that's if a teacher has said to me oh you need to be exact because and i'll just been like get out of here (laughs) whereas the way he did it i was like shit you know, and that's awesome. And then after, yeah, he was amazing. And then Mr. Pitfield, uh, another guy, Hmm. awesome, very young. Um, but he was again, very cool, very intelligent, but he, again, just knew how to communicate with kids. He got the best out of me. Um, you know, we had to do it like a speech thing, uh, like a, not a book report, but like a presentation. We had to give a presentation on something. And, um, I was like, oh, I want to do it on music because most teachers are like, you can't do no. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll give you extra points if you air guitar a song. And I was like, what if I play a real song? He's like, I'll give you even more points. So I brought my guitar in and I played, I did it on, I think I did it on Metallica. Mm. I did the whole thing about it on Metallica. I played Nothing Else Matters. You know, I got an A plus and it was like one of the first ones I've ever gotten at school. And I was like, you know, it made me feel really good and want to try more and do better. And I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Like I look back at him, I'm like, holy shit. You know? Awesome. And the third? And the third, surprisingly, was an absolute asshole. 
to me in school. Like he was, he was just, he was one of those really strict pains in the ass teachers that would just, would just ride you constantly and would just never get off your back. And I was in year nine and, or year 10. We've got this thing here in Australia called VCAL, you know, mm. in Victoria anyway, we've got this thing called VCAL, which is like you get your final two years of high school here in Australia, uh, make up your, your, like your VCE or in New South Wales, it's called HSC, or you would call it like your high school diploma, right? Okay. They, the last two years make that up. In, and VCAL is like, what they used to say back in the day was like, if you got in VCAL, you're too dumb to do VCE. It wasn't so much. It was just maybe you just weren't suited to that education environment. Maybe you were better off doing something that was a little bit more, maybe you're a hands-on person. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're better off an apprenticeship because you're better at doing that thinking visually in that way. But anyway, they wanted to put me in VCAL. A couple of teachers were like, Chris just doesn't try. He doesn't do anything. Like he's just so lazy. And, and it wasn't that I was lazy. I was just bored. Like in school, I was just bored. I was like, this, you know, and he, he stood up for me. He was like, absolutely not. You are not putting him in VCAL. He's going to smash his VC. He's going to go great. He just needs somebody to, you know, give him a little bit more and stay on top of him and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this other teacher came up to me and was like, oh, I just want you to let you know. All these teachers wanted to put you in VCAL and not let you do your VCE. And the only person that stood up and threw them all out of the room for it was Mr. Kronborg. And I was like, no way. <laughs> My dude hates me. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think he hates you. I think he's just writing you because he knows you can do better. That's so cool. And I was like, I was like, man. So I just had all of a sudden had this respect for him. I was like, mm. all right. Okay. I get it now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because mm -hmm. there was no way I would have done VCAL. I would have just left school. I mean, like, nah, I'm out of here. That's a real testament to not not only judge a book by its cover, but like the way in which people love you could be shown differently. And so while yeah. where he's not praising you or like being the cool teacher, you know, he's still got your yeah. back. He's still being a professional. That's that's insane. Like that's mm. I, I I've got plenty of friends right now that are in the you know that are teachers themselves. I even am friends with the the teachers that taught me in high school. And having that kind of, you know, sticking up for a student like that is, is pretty unprecedented. That's, that's, you know, more often than not, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. There's a lot of students to teach, especially if you're in the public school system here in the States. Um, mm. so, so to have someone really have your back, especially having the lore of thinking that they didn't like you is, is, is yeah. it's insane. That's awesome. I like that a ton. Uh, Chris, let's, let's get to your, your last week of high school. All right. Let's walk down that memory lane all right it's your last week of high school you're just about to to get your diploma and you're almost done you're out of there what was going through your mind in terms of your next steps did you go to a four-year did you go to a community did you take a year off did you do did you start working what was the decision that you made uh for yourself in terms of uh how how your post high school life would look like um, so I got accepted to Vic Uni to do business, uh, at university, which is, yeah, your four year. Um, and I had a girlfriend at the time who still had to finish her year 12 the following year because she was mm -hmm. a year younger than I. And so I was like, all right, I'll take a gap year. I'll take a year off. I'll go work and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And then we can, I've already been accepted into university. I can take a year off and then go and do my four year. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'll wait for you to finish yours and then we'll, we'll both go together. And it was all great. So for a whole year, I started working at a cardboard box factory, making good money. 
like I, I was running a machine where literally it chops cardboard into yeah. box shapes and then it gets folded up and whatever. I was making great money. I was working massive hours. I was working mm-hmm. like 70 hour weeks and everything. And I was like, I'll save all this money up, you know, I'll do all this shit. It'd be cool. And then we'll move away and it'd be great. Um, her, she finished up. So a year later, we'll fast forward a year later. She finishes her year 12 and failed miserably. She didn't fail. She passed, but she got a mark so low that no university would take her on. Hmm. So we're like, now what? Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, well, we're going to Melbourne, right? And she's like, mm, I don't want to. And I was like, but I waited an entire year just working here, you know, blah, blah. And that, that ended up just being the beginning of the end for us. Yeah. And so we, we, we ended up finishing up. And um, yeah, for like a couple of months, you know, a month or so, month, yeah, a couple of months. Um, you know, I just sort of was like, oh, I'm just starting to work everything out. How am I going to do this? I was planning on going overseas for a little while with my, my best mate. And we're going to go do like a Euro trip for a year or whatever. Um, university had already given me an extra 12 months. They were like, yeah, sure. Take another 12. So we're going to go to the UK and go and like on a work, you know, work visa thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. work holiday visa. And, um, I ended up going out on the town, like went out to a couple of clubs and everything and had a couple of drinks with some friends and, um, ended up running into my now wife who I've been friends with for many, many years. Like we were friends when we were like 15, 16 years old. Um, and there was always something there, yeah, there was always something yeah. there but we always had partners. Like, oh, you know, the she was either was with somebody or I was with somebody, like just never worked, you know? Mm-hmm. And I ended up bumping into her at, uh, at a pub and I was like, oh my God, haven't, you know, I've been actually wanting to see you. Yeah. And she was like, why? And I was like, oh, you know, me and such and such split up and I just wanted to come and hang out with you because we're good friends. But, it, and it was, there was nothing malicious about it. It was like, I just wanted to come and see you because my ex at the time mm. didn't like it because she always, I think she saw Ooh. that there was something there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got you. And so I was like, oh, I wanted to come and see you. Like I want in and she was like, oh, and I'm like, I'm single. And she's like, oh, me too. <laughs> and, and we've been together since <laughs> boom boom <laughs> not even kidding not even kidding that's but a- i think yeah, the next night she come around to my house i cooked her dinner um you know we watched movies and hung out we were seeing each other for a while and, holy and cow. then and so oh. we we're planning on going to melbourne as well and then about yes yeah, six and a bit months later um she fell pregnant with our eldest Take notes, ladies and gentlemen. Take notes, all right. Well, and I got more questions for that when the topic arises. But you, mm-hmm. you kind of—we went into a, a super mode there, and I, and I loved it. Don't get me wrong; I love that. That's that's awesome. It's great to know the trajectory of where things are going, so I kind of have a heads up there. But man, you really took off from from you know waiting that one year and then realizing you know what? All right, let's you know let's get into it. So it, when you waited that one year, you know for your uh, mm-hmm. then x or now x i'm sorry uh mm-hmm. was the move still then going to melbourne then you you so you're telling me you went to melbourne yeah. by yourself and then you're like all right and then you studied your uh you studied at the four year exactly what was your uh your major what did you focus on so i didn't actually go get to go do it because by oh. the time i went to yeah so I, I stayed here uh and i worked for a year in the cardboard box factory that's right and then ended up me and ash got together me and ashley got together and then we were planning on moving him get to Melbourne together, but then she fell pregnant. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. I've got to stay working to pay the bills mm-hmm. because I've got a family to feed now. So I stayed working at that job. And so I started my, um, my four-year whilst I was working full-time mm-hmm. at the factory. So I was doing 70-hour weeks and then coming home and studying my diploma of oh. financial planning. 
Um, and that sucked. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell me why, why, why you got into financial planning. Um, so originally it was going to be business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I kind of felt like I couldn't really do business by correspondence because like, I don't know. I just felt like business, I needed a little bit more um, interaction with other people to be able to sort of get those people skills up. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then so I went into, I went to do accounting. No, sorry, ma- marketing. I did like one semester of marketing. I'm like, I hate this shit. This sucks. <laughs> like, I feel like a salesman. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, nope, not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I was like, all right, maybe I should just, you know what? I'm just going to stick with what I'm strong at. I'm great with numbers. Let's do accounting. Okay. And um, I ended up having a couple of friends that were accounts as well. And then I sort of like, when I was doing the accounting side of things, I saw financial planning. I saw like stockbroking and I saw actual planning. Like I was like, I would rather look ahead and make something better than just simply categorizing and filing what's already happened. Because accounting mm. is backwards. Mm-hmm. financial planning is forwards. And so, and so I started looking at financial planning a little bit more. And I was like, you know what? I think this is for me. I think this is, it's got the number side of things that I'm good at. I'm good with fixing problems. Maybe I should do that. And so I started doing that and I haven't looked back. That's so awesome. Yeah. Tell me about the, uh, the struggle of balancing that all. You mentioned that you were working a full-time job. You were doing classes. You were trying to, you know, you, you had your uh, pregnant wife. And so there's so many things that are, that are coming uh, into the intersection. How did you stay sane during that point in your life? Lots of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of coffee. Because yeah. at that stage, like, yeah, you're right. My wife was pregnant. And then she had a, I didn't finish my thing until we had already had uh, our second child. Wow. Because okay. Jaslyn, Jaslyn came and then two years later, Lyric came. And then so mm-hmm. I finished just as we sort of had our second child. So I was still working, young family and studying. Um, and it was tough, man. Mm-hmm. Like it, there was a lot of times where I'd finish at 4.30 in the morning at work, come home, you know, get home at 5 a.m. and study until 7 and then drop kids off at daycare and my wife off at work or whatever and come home and maybe study for an extra hour or two and then go and sleep until two o'clock, go pick the kids up from daycare, wife up from daycare and then go to work again and then do another 12 hour shift. Like it was, so there's some weeks I was like a zombie for some mm-hmm. months, you know, it was tough. Um, and then the worst part was when I actually finished that, I couldn't get a job. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is, that's too real. That's too real. Chris. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> what was it? What, what, what do you mean by that? Like, I, I think I, as a fellow, you know, uh, you know, get your degree and then you realize, well, what next? Kind of person. How mm. how did that? Uh, I guess w- you you use the term I couldn't get a job. What do you mean by that? So I finished my degree and it took me thirteen months to find a job with it because nobody would hire me because I worked in a factory for first too long. So they're all like, wow. you're a factory worker trying to get into financial planning. Yeah. Don't think so. It's not going to work, man. And mm-hmm. I was like, but why? Yeah. You know, and nobody could just be like, oh, inexperience. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, and it, it took one, one employer to actually look at me and go, so you studied full time whilst having a family and working 70 hour weeks. And I was yeah. like, yes. And they're like, when do you want to start? Exactly. They're like that, that level of motivation, that level yeah. of 
time, timeliness, like working out your time and everything. And then as well as how quick of a learner are you? I was like, very. And they're like, when do you, we'll put you on a trial basis for six weeks. Yeah. And so I worked nights at the, at the factory mm-hmm. until 3 a.m., come home, go to sleep, get up at seven, go to the office at nine, work nine till two, and then go to the factory from three till three and then do the same thing. And I did that for six weeks. I think a lot of people that are watching this live <laughs> or you know, in the future uh, might have some issues with motivation. All right. They they might have issues. And and that's, you know, it's a case by case thing. It's it's something that everyone struggles with. For you specifically, in terms of your story, Chris, what is it that got you out and moving and going to work and studying your ass off and and doing this hellish routine uh, day in and day out for for two strong years, maybe even longer? Yeah, longer. So I was, I was actually at the factory for six years. What turned out to be what was supposed to be a one-year gap year turned into six years. So that, that was one motivation thing. Like, I want hell. I want out of this place. Like, it's yeah. hell. I'm doing massive hours. Yeah, the money's good. But, and the people that I work with are good. But, like, just the, ma- the management politics of it all just sucked. And the fact that I don't get to see my, my family for basically two weeks of the month because I do two weeks of days and two weeks of nights. So I'd work all, day, or work all night, come home, study, sleep. And then when they were getting home from work, I was going to work. So I wouldn't see my family for two weeks and I'm studying, like everything like that. So that was one motivation factor. Like I want out, I want to finish my degree. I want to move into an office job. And I want my kids to look at me and say, like, we, as a parent, you have this thing where you go, when, when it's kids, kids day at school and they say, what is your fa- what does your parent do for work? Like I want to want kids to be able to go up there and be like, oh, my dad works in financial planning. Like I don't want my kids to go, oh, he works in a box factory. You know what I mean? And mm. I'm not saying that it's, it's a bad thing or anyone that works in factory or anything like that. Like I just want, there's two things. I wanted my kids to be proud of what I did. Yeah. I wanted to be, I have a problem with not wanting to fail. Like if, if, if I'm doing something, I want to do it well. And it's okay if it's like small failures, but the overall arching goal, like I can't fail that goal. That goal has to be accomplished eventually. Um, so I, I had to just get it done. I just wanted it finished. And yeah, I just, I just wanted something a little easier. Like I knew there was light at the tun- end of the tunnel, you know? Mm-hmm. If you were doing that all day, every day for years, yeah, nah, yeah, you're in trouble. But if you're going to eventually go, you know what? This is the end result. The end result is I'm not going to be working in a factory where I don't see my family. Yeah. I'm going to be in a nine to five air conditioned office wearing a nice shirt and pants and, you know, go home and see my family every night and get to have dinner with them versus, you know, working in a 55 degree, whatever that is in Fahrenheit, that's Celsius, 55 degree factory, you know, never seeing anybody and not feeling like a zombie, you know. Yeah, definitely. Dang, dang. I Get a better it. position. That's what that's that, if you're unmotivated, think about how you can make your position better. Whether that's happiness, money, whatever it is that you want to look at your situation and go, that's lacking. How do I make that better? Exactly. And know that, that like if you might be unmotivated because it's such a big task, mm-hmm. every time you take a step, set yourself little goals. Just accomplish that next goal and then accomplish that next goal and accomplish before you know it, you're gonna look behind you and you go, Holy shit, look what I've achieved. And now I've got these things in front of me that don't seem so big because I've accomplished these things already. They're just the next thing that I'm going to finish. There it is. This is, <laughs> this is free. Holy go. cow. 
Jeez, Chris. Jeez. Welcome Dying to my TED Talk. Exactly. That's what it's turning <laughs> into. You're taking us to school, man. I, I need a pack of fucking lunch. This is this. It's it's so good. That's so good. That's exactly it. Because I think, you know, especially if I bring it into streaming and to Twitch, you know, we, we all strive to, to make this a bigger part of our lives. We all want yeah. something. And, and hearing the stuff that you've gone through, hearing the, you know, at its core, you're doing this for your future, for your family, for, you know, whether it be because you want your kids to be proud of what you do or whether it's even just having, you know, time with them. It's so that's so awesome. And that's such I think that's really good things that we needed to hear um, and that that people out there need to hear uh, because there are going to be a lot of days where we, we are unmotivated, that that it's tough to even get out of bed, let alone do your job. Mm. But to know that you're doing this. Um, and as, as you know, it, it's, there's this weird thing of like, it sounds selfish, but it's not for wanting to be better, to, to do better with your life and have, uh, be a little bit more comfortable as you're saying, you know, being able to wear that, that button up and, and not have, and be able to catch your family at dinner is, is, is so crucial. Um, and it's really awesome that you made that a priority and realizing that all this time, all this hard work, all these sleepless nights or these, these nights that I'm just drained. Uh, you're able to to come out on top of that. That being said, Chris, I gotta use another bathroom break. Do you need to go to the restroom? Are you good? You are. You see? Are you? Are you, you gotta go <laughs> either or. I'm rambling. No, I, I'm gonna fill up some water though. Okay, go ahead. You can go first there. Ah, uh, cool. Hey, gotcha. It's too much, guys. You guys are too kind. I I gotta take a bad piss. I don't know why I let him go first. <laughs> I got a this. I've been drinking too much water, guys. I had a soup before I got on. <laughs> I'm having an issue. I'm legitimately, guys. Thank you so much for being here, man. Chris is awesome, man. We're learning a lot tonight. There's there's so much good stuff that's coming from his life story. So much wisdom there. All right, they're yours, there, Chris. They're yours. Ah. What you got for me, guys? More jasmine tea. Nah, this one's just water. I was drinking, um, we got this thing called a, a soda stream. I don't know if anybody knows what this is, but it's like a, it's like a, like a soda making machine. Like you just put water in, put your flavoring in, plug it into the thing and it like carbonates it for you. But now I'm just drinking water. It's less sugar and stuff. Like you can get yeah, like that soft drinky taste, but it's not soft drink, which is cool. I'm turning the show into a school. Nah, it's because as mums online said before, it's just because I'm so old. <laughs> I'm long in the tooth. <laughs> but it's good fun. I like talking about this stuff. It's sort of, Never gone in this depth before, into this level of depth before with a podcast. Mums is much older. Didn't he just say he was 28? He's 28. He's still in his 20s. You can't call yourself old if you're 20s. <laughs> I'm about to hit my mid-30s. Because you look Mom's so young, just... Chris, all right? It's because you are physically, it's because you are physically, you look good. 
All right, you have so much hair. Why do you? I've never. I've streamed for almost a year now. I've never not streamed without a hat. All right, that's the. Oh, I the, used to. How did you? How did you build up the courage? How did you? You're breaking <laughs> barriers. How did you do this? Huh? Is this? Uh, I got a wig, a toupee, and then I was all. I was all set. <laughs> the second I saw the flow, like when you had that hard cut here, I was like, "This man, he's just." I honestly thought you were like. I thought we were the same age. I'll be fair. I'll be fair. I thought you were like higher 20s. I did not think you're in 30s at all. You are just, I don't know. It's, you're built differently, man. You just build differently. Must be it's, nice. It's funny though, because if I get rid of this, I'm so much, I look so much younger. Really? Oh, wait. Like that photo you saw of me without a beard was only yeah. three years ago. What? I thought he looked yeah, older. That- do you think he looked older? I thought he looked old. Like the, something about the beard adds like, and maybe it's Twitch. Maybe it's like, it, it has an edginess. There's an edginess to the beard that's just like that, that puts on or that takes off a couple years. I don't know. That's no, just I usually a, get, I usually get the complete opposite. People uh, are like without a beard, I look like a baby. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I get, <laughs> uh, it's tough to say. I don't know that when, when I saw that other photo, I was like, Oh, that guy's definitely in, like, he's in financial, he's in the finance business <laughs> like this. It, it makes sense. That was, uh, there was something about it. But here, when you told me you're in finance, I was like, are you shit? <laughs> like, this is, are you kidding? What's going on here? What is this? I'm I myself am being catfish now. I didn't know what I signed up for. <laughs> I'm going to get some financial planning here. You're going to tell me about investing for the future. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't I don't know, but uh that being said, Chris, let's lead into the fourth topic. We kind of talked about it, uh so this will be fairly, you know, quick, but I wanted to ask mm-hmm. about your work history, you know. In total, I wanted to ask how many full-time full-on jobs did you have? Uh, I know we talked about two of them, and and I would love to get a little bit uh, more into them as well. But is there any that were that were not mentioned? Uh, I was a music teacher in high school. That's how I paid my bills when I was doing my VCA. So when I was doing my last two years of high school, um, um, yeah, I was I was working okay. as a music teacher and playing poker. Wait, well, uh, okay, well, all right. There's a lot. To, all right, Walter White. Let's let's uh, let's break this down. All right, sir. <laughs> All right, let me, let me, what are these secret lives you keep? Uh, you know what? I don't know if I want to send this to your kids anymore. I don't know how many, I don't know how many more secrets they're going to find out about their dad. So a music teacher that, that like, uh-huh. I, I understand that. What were you, how, tell me about teaching in high school. Tell me about teaching music in high school. Was it something you enjoyed? Uh, you know, how did you feel about being kind of in control of the class and, and being a leader now in the classroom rather than being a student? So it was, a, it was a one-on-one thing. So like okay. I would, uh, it wasn't at school. So like when I, I would finish my, my own schooling and then I'd go to uh, a music school where I would teach kids how to play guitar. Okay, um, nice. And so that was my job from, yeah, like 3.30 in the afternoon to say like 6 o'clock at night or whatever. Um, I'd do that three times a week. Oh, nice. Awesome. So, yeah, that, that was fun. That was, I loved that. That was, that taught me a lot about myself and how to deal with people as well. Like in terms of, rather than just giving somebody a curriculum and say, no, you have to learn these things. And then watching them get very uh, bored or disappointed in whatever they were learning. It was very much, what do you want to learn? What songs do you want to learn? And then I'd go and learn them and then come back and be like, okay, let's, this is how we're going to play it. This is how I'm going to teach you. And so they'd stay interested because it was the songs that they wanted to learn. Yeah. So I learned everything from like super like Christian stuff, which is fine by me, but super, super Christian stuff to like hardcore metal. 
<laughs> so, like, I was learning so, uh, so many different songs and so many genres that I was just like, I hate this shit, but I got to learn it. Like, yeah. Tell me about that. Cause I like, uh, you know, my mom, I had the whole piano teacher, you know, kind of set up. I was trying to learn music back then. No and way, I, really? I failed miserably. I was the, I'm the one, again, I'm the one Filipino person that doesn't play music whatsoever. Like all of her <laughs> sisters and all of the brothers are like, yeah, my, oh yeah, I could, you know, my kid plays at this recital. How about yours? Uh, you know, he's just hanging out. He's just chilling. He's chilling. There's all mom's over there. You just look at him. You're just eating dirt. Like, <laughs> uh, that you're not too. He's far having off. some uh, problems. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's uh. So he has a podcast now. Anyway, so he he talks to people. So oh, podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me how that works because. You know, how, how even in, in grade school, whether it be from a, my music teacher then or even piano teacher outside of school, you're always, well, I was always taught that you need to know this stuff before you could get there. You need to know the chords. You need to know all the, the, the ways in which you should hold your fingers. I remember that being a whole hour lesson was how, how to hold my fingers on the, the keyboard or on the, the keys. Uh, this this new wave of of teaching where you're like you know what we're gonna go more on what you want uh, how did that how did that work out is, is, did they already have some sort of basis of understanding the instrument they're playing or well, tell me about that a little bit uh, some yeah some kids come in and they like had teachers before and they're like oh he has this teacher and he didn't get along with him or whatever and then I would find out that the teacher was making him play like twelve bar blues when he all he really wanted to play was Slipknot. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it was like some kids just got bored and they wanted to be taught something different. So I was like, they fit me perfectly. And then there was other people that were brand new and they were still obviously like, they, I just bought my first guitar and I don't even know a single thing. And so you'd start from the very, very basics, but I had to teach them enough basics so that they could learn their very first song because it's that, it's that very first song. Like I still remember the very first song I learned. Every guitarist will be able to tell you what the very first song is that they learned. Because they, you better believe they practice that shit for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to get there. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to get someone just enough stuff so that they can play the song they want to learn. And, and it might be chords, certain chords. And I'd start off with those chords to be like, oh, you want to play 3AM by Matchbox 20? Cool, that's a G, C, D. And then I'd show them those three chords. And then say, okay, now you need to learn these shapes, learn these chords. Don't care about how you strum it. Don't care about if you pick it right. It doesn't have to be in time. I just want you to learn those chords in that order and practice that muscle memory and just get them used to doing that. And then later on, you start, start pulling like bit by bit. Okay, let's work on a little bit of rhythm. Oh, this is how you can strum it and start bringing piece by piece. And before you know it, they're playing their first song. And then you're like, okay, cool. Now you just transpose all of that to the next song. And then huh. it starts like getting easier for them as they go. Yeah. And before they know it, they're playing all these different songs because they know how to play those chords from the very first song they ever learned. That's so cool. What was your first song? Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And there it is, guys. We, we found his age right there. Then and there we found. He just, he, he just showed. That's, that's the equivalent of musically showing us your hairline there, my man. All right. You, you shared yeah. so much. That's awesome. That's, that's cool, though. I like that. I like the, the way in which you were teaching. I never, that has never, that's so foreign to me. That's something I was never taught. It's like you learn our way. And if you get it, great. If you don't, well, that's on you. So, and, yeah, and, and then you failed. But then really, I say that is the music teachers failed. Oh, yeah. I'm a big believer. There's no bad teachers. It's yeah. bad. I mean, been no bad students, bad teachers. It's, you have to be mm. able to 
uh, empathize in the way, you know, the styles in which people learn. It, it's, it's ranging. It's not just one strict way. Um, yep. Let's get into the poker life. Mr. Chris, well, <laughs> tell me about this poker, this side poker business that you're, you're, you're into. I used to just play poker all the time. Like it was mm-hmm. a thing that I'd go to pubs and play. And uh, it was, that thing was like, that was f- back when it first started. It was still free. Like it was just, you just played for bragging rights. Mm. But there was a lot of people that I played with that would go and play cash games afterwards. So they'd go to somebody's oh, house nice. and everyone would bring money with them and mm-hmm. they'd play games. And so I used to play one every Tuesday and Thursday at my house. Okay. Um, and so people, you would come and play cash games or ring games or whatever you want to call them or tournaments like we'd set up like a multi-table tournament or whatever and have a prize pool and yeah. do all that and like sometimes it got crazy a lot of money on the table mm. um and most of the time like i'd make enough to pay my rent for the week every week so it was like i was just basically as long as i had enough to make pay my rent then my music job would pay my everything else like my food and whatever i needed um and I didn't eat a lot. I was in high school. Like I didn't, I didn't have a car. I didn't yeah. you know, anything like that. So it was very like, it was just, as long as I cover those two basic needs, I'm set. You know what I mean? I'm happy. Whatever else I get after that is like bonus. That's wild. <laughs> that is so So wild. I used to pay my rent playing <laughs> poker. Like no shit. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, was, I was, yeah. Yeah. I had bills to pay, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a like, I like, oh my goodness. I've never, again, I've never heard this one. This is, I'm waiting for the rights of your movie to come out, of your life story to come out. This is insane. This man is just playing poker, playing music. He's also financial advice. It, it, it's just too, it's a lot to digest in one sitting here, but that's awesome. Like, you're right. In hindsight, you know, thinking back then in your life, you know, you didn't have so many bills, but you still needed to pay rent, which is the biggest expense at the time. And then once that's covered, mm-hmm. everything else is excess, whether you save it for a rainy day or whether you need yeah. to cover other. Uh, cost food cost of living that's 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 awesome and it's insane that you're telling me that you would host these at your house and it's just a whole other rink there like how many people roughly would come through oh man a night probably we have an eight seat table maybe about 10 people sitting on the side just waiting to be able to sit in or we'd run two eight to ten seat tables so it'd be like anywhere between sort of like Jeez. 16 to 20 people <laughs> Have, have these been hung up? I assume you know it's just done. It's it's. Uh, do you still play play poker at the side? You ever have an itch to go back in the game, or is it just like, yeah, I got a family, I got my own job. It's you know, I'm gonna tip of the cap, I'm gonna hang this one up. I I don't play as much as I used to, but whenever I show up to the games now, everyone's like, Miller, what are you doing here? Oh my god, man, I've seen you in years. And then there's all these people that have never seen me before. They're yeah. like, who's this guy? And I walk in just like you know what's going on lads what's happening <laughs> dragging it out yeah just just need to just play some poker boys <laughs> swinging it a lot swinging yeah. it dude people are pulling back their bets though the second you come in. i was like yeah, oh no, Miller's no, here. i sit down and i'm like i'm like what are these worth table shark you're table sharking yeah five of these same color same shapes is good right <laughs> what do you call that a flush yeah cool oh uh, awesome. my goodness yeah that right holy yeah you're hustling them you're hustling i like that i like it so you know we're moving on from there we're going towards your your the factory job correct that was the next one after that in terms uh, yeah of- yep so i was so i was there for six years so and then out of there into financial planning yeah being there for six years i mean you've learned a lot i, I would say 
and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a lot of discipline, you know, what you were doing in terms of your scheduling, your waking up and, and revolving around that, trying to maintain your personal life as well as personal responsibilities. Tell me, what did you learn most about that job, about uh, the, the, the car boarding job there? Um, what did I learn most? God. You know what? I probably learned that happiness is more important than money. Oh, wow. How so? That sounds really out there, but it yeah. is. Like I used to, I was earning good money. When I, when I was working there, I was earning, like I was doing 70 hour weeks like, and I was, I was, you know, I would, I'd make a shitload of money mm-hmm. doing it. And it paid all the bills and everything like that, but it made me miserable. Like mm. absolutely miserable. I'd go home and I'd be shitty and tired and just I was a pain in the ass to be around and like it just made me an unhappy person it really really did and I just did it because I had to pay the bills like I I got kids to feed and all that sort of stuff but in hindsight like I probably could have taken a slightly lesser paying job and been a hundred times happier with a slight variation in what we were doing in life than staying there for so long wow wow like I think I was more concerned about making great money than it was about being happy. I like that a lot. I think that's a, that's one of those lessons that you, uh, more often than not, you learn it the hard way. You know, you learn it by thinking that you want one thing and then realizing that thing, you know, being finances and and money, uh, it's taken its toll and you're missing out on other parts of your life that, that are so valuable, you know, yeah, like time yeah. spent with your family. That's something that can't be uh, replenished, yeah. that, that they're growing up, time's moving forward. I love that. I think that's, that's, a, really, that's a really cool perspective of, of life that many, especially knowing that Twitch is such a younger place, a younger audience, um, mm. that they're able to digest and, and maybe hopefully take that with them. Um, but moving on from there. All right. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit, I'll give a too long didn't read your version. You, you mentioned that you got your first gig in, in financial planning. Well, what's the exact title? Oh, I was a, yeah, I worked as a para planner. So I did all the, I, I do it now, but I do it all the compliance <laughs> and technical and help the advisor. And then I was a planner. Yeah. Planner. All right. So, yeah. and, and you said that it was because the person that you uh, were applying, the company that you were applying to believed in you mm-hmm. and they gave you a shot. Yeah. Tell me what those first six weeks, you said you were on kind of a trial by basis. You said they'll give you six weeks. Yeah. Tell me what those yep. six weeks were for you at that moment. Finally, someone gave you a shot. Tell me what you were thinking. Oh, it, was, it was super cool. And it was, it was like, I was like, finally, I get to, you know. And then I walked in there thinking that I was like, oh, you know, I've just done me degree. I know what I'm doing. This is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And I walked in. And when it came to like general just admin stuff, smashed mm-hmm. it. I don't know how she's trying to teach me how to look up emails and stuff. And I'm like, nah, it's much faster if you do this. Sort of, like she teach me how to do something. I'm like, no, no, no. If you do it this way, it's better. And she's like, what am I teaching you? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm a dumb factory person and maybe I don't know how to use a computer and they'd laugh at me and it was fine. But then when it got to like the technical things about financial planning, like knowing rules and regular, like all these things. And I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? You don't know. And I'm like, I, like I learned it on paper. And like theory is great, but 
like, I don't have practice in this. Hang on a second. And then I just, that just like totally like pull me down a notch and a half. Like I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. But it was, it was great for me because they, they didn't expect me to just be, you know, finish my degree and walk in and be a, an ACE financial planner day one. Like they knew they mm-hmm. were like, look, it's going to be a little bit more difficult than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was great. Like, and it was, it was a f- awesome learning experience, especially it motivated, motivated me even more mm-hmm. knowing that, the goal was right there to get out of the factory and get into an office job was like literally reaching. I could just grab yeah. it. And so I just had to make sure those six weeks were like the best I could give. Mm-hmm. You mentioned kind of the external benefits of it. You know, you're able to go spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. It's given you uh, more stability in terms of your schedule. Tell me about the job itself. Why do you enjoy the job itself? because I get to fix problems hmm. for people that like, like they'll have a certain problem or like they, someone comes to me and says, okay, I've got all my life savings. Uh, we've, we've got this thing in Australia called superannuation, which is like forced retirement savings. So it'd be like a 401k or something yeah. like that. But it's like, you have to put money into it. Your employer has to put nine and a half percent of your wages into that every week. Okay. And, and so you get to the end of it and that's sort of like people's nest egg. Like that's what they've got to retire on. That's got to give them retirement income for the rest of their life. 99% of them out of a hundred would walk in and go, I'm done working. What do I do? They actually don't know what to do with it. Like they don't know what they should do next, what, you know, anything. They don't know what their life's going to look like. And so mm-hmm. I, th- I think I love being able to say to somebody, and a lot of the time they come in very distrusting. Like you don't want to walk in with somebody with your entire life savings and just go, Yep. Here you go. All right, cool. Make it work for me. 99% of them are like, how are you going to do this? What's going to happen? How much is going to cost me? Like they get very like concerned as you would, but I like to be able to just go, okay, let's simplify this. Let's make it really mm-hmm. easy for you. Let's fix the problems for you. Make sure that you can go on your holidays whenever you like, and you know that you're not going to run out of money and, you know, and help them out, put their mind at ease and just make them feel comfortable with that stage of their life. You know, I just like fixing problems for people and making it, easier for them Jeez, oh my goodness i like that so in terms then of twitch then okay let's take us here in the Mm -hmm. present do you consider twitch more of a hobby what do you what do you consider this part of your life in conjunction uh with your professional life uh yeah it's hobby um and i think it's only hobby because like just, just again, it's it's about feeding my family and everything like that yeah. and doing that sort of stuff. Like I've got bills to pay, I've got a mortgage, you know, we're trying mm-hmm. to do things that normal families do. We're trying to build a house, you know, we're doing all this stuff. And so it's like, you know, I, I have to have a, a level of responsibility where I need to hold down a job. Yeah. Um, unless, unless Twitch, like, you know what I mean? Like Twitch would, I've, I've done the numbers, trust me, done the numbers. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's a big mountain to climb. Like I'd need to, <laughs> I'd need to put in some fucking work. You know what I mean? hundred percent. A hundred percent. I yeah. agree with you. And, and it would have to be consistent. And that's the hardest part about Twitch is the mm-hmm. consistency of income is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's not something that I can hang my hat on and go, awesome. I'm going to, be able to afford everything this month yeah you know what i mean whereas on nine to five i can i get up i go to work i come home and i can do what i'm really passionate about afterwards but i know that my bills are paid so there's no stress about it like i can be yeah. free and creative and not have any pressure about it whereas if i was to do it 
permanently as a job, like, oh, it'd be so, it'd be stressful. It's very, very stressful. Totally. Completely. Okay. I like that. I like that. The, um, uh, let me, let, let's roll into the last, uh, topic of your life story. All right. And it's one that a lot of people, you know, well, since you're married, this makes it a lot easier. I've been asking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everyone <laughs> asks about this. It was in the DMs the whole time. <laughs> no, let's talk a little bit about your romantic history. All right. Your romantic relationships. Uh, I, I do these segments similar to work history. How many uh, significant others? And we're talking the, the full on ones. All right. We're talking about the ones that had the title, not anyone that you're talking to on the side or whatever, this and that at the time, but how many people actually got the full title as your significant other? How many, how many individuals? Two. There it is. Wow. Wow. I swear, I swear that I have a theory of this, Chris. The, 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 the mm. more mature the guest, the, the, the tighter the numbers are. All right. But when I'm, when I'm interviewing people that are mid twenties, maybe even I totally around, agree with that. It's, <laughs> 19 i'm like how do you want me to do this segment 19 that's ridiculous this is you don't you didn't love how 19. old are you i'm 19 <laughs> as well <laughs> it's just it's brutal i'm just like all right well, 19 I'm like, i don't even think i've spoken to 19 girls let alone have 19 significant others <laughs> it's insane nowadays you'd be shocked you'd be shocked Chris. Oh, I, like man. And, like I believe, I believe they had a relationship, but but no, I could not be bothered getting into nineteen love lost stories because nah. I'm like, there's no way, there's just no way you had that much emotional involvement, maybe nah. physical. I'll give you that. All right, yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's wild. So you you said two, and and I I think I could figure out the two from per, per the stories you gave uh, earlier. Yeah, let's start off with the first one. You said you met her in high school. She was a year younger than mm-hmm. you, correct? Mm-hmm. What, uh, I guess, where did it all start? How did, how did you, uh, like, how did you end up meeting her formally? And, and how did this relationship become quote unquote official? Um, I believe I was playing breakfast at Tiffany's on a guitar. I literally think that was the <laughs> first time ever I was playing breakfast at Tiffany's mm-hmm. And they were, there was like all these girls there. And I was like, that was my first ever moment of like, oh my God, this is what it feels to be like that guy with a guitar. My job now. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> like, I get it now. I get it. Like, I think, I think it was at that, that, that moment. I was like, guitar's sick. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep using <laughs> yeah. it like a lot, you know? Like, and then, yeah, that's, I think that's how we met. And then, um, yeah, I think we just sort of, over time, it just became a thing. Mm-hmm. We like just sort of fell into it. it. Fell into that, and you said, "How long did that relationship last?" Uh, five years. Five years. Four years. Okay. Four years for the duration of of high school for you, your high school career, your your time there. It sounds. Like. Uh, it was it was like year eleven, year twelve. That's and right. A couple of years after. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned the beginning of the end. You, you, you mm. mentioned that um, her not wanting or, or for whatever. Actually, as a matter of fact, let's get into that. There, in, in your story about moving to Melbourne, you mentioned that she just she said no suddenly. Was it purely mm-hmm. because of the fact that, you know, the grades and credentials at the time when she had finished high school just couldn't allow for that move? Or was there something else? 
Uh, yeah, she couldn't go to uni. That's purely that it. it. Like that, that was that was it. She couldn't go to uni, mm. so she didn't want to go to Melbourne. While I think it was a bit of a, a shame thing, you know what I mean? Like if uh, we went to Melbourne, I would have gone to uni, and she wouldn't have been able to, and she would have just had to work, and it would have just mm -hmm. been crappy for her. I think that's exactly what yeah. it was, and I was just like, so, <laughs> like. <laughs> I was, I was like, hey, I'm not the one that failed my VC, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> hey, uh, why, what does this got to do with me? That sounds like a you problem. Is what yeah, I that's a you problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. So, so, <laughs> so when she told you this, oh, my God, that's, too, that's just savage. When, when she told you this, instantly – like I'm trying to empathize with you in this moment. All right, I'm trying to understand what what's going through your head because it's like you yourself waited a year. You yourself mm. put mm -hmm. your life on on hold, and I would say whether it be your life or just uh, your your future on hold because of this potential. And for that to just come up as and especially you know knowing when someone's not doing well in a course, you would think that would come up more often. You know, you think you'd see. Was it a surprise to you that suddenly she didn't she didn't have the credentials to go there, and then she didn't want to go there overall? Well, it was a surprise because I was working, so I wasn't like paying attention. Oh. I was just like busting my ass, you know. Wow. And then it got to the end of it, and the and the what we call it as an entry score. You need an entry score to get it to, to enter uni. Okay. Um, came back. It was so low, so they put it in the paper. So like your everyone's entry score in VCE oh my gosh. is on the paper. <laughs> that's that's right? and so there's a number for uni that's like if you want to be a nurse you need a sixty. If you want to be a doctor you've got to get a ninety. It's out of a hundred. Uh, if you want to be a psychiatrist you've got to get an eighty five. Like they have all these numbers right. Huh. And if you get below thirty, it just says thirty with a like the the backwards like less than so. It doesn't even say like you got a 10 or a 20. It just says less than 30. Like they don't want to embarrass you. And it came <laughs> okay. and, she, and she went looking for a name and got to all the way to the end and it said less than 30. And I, and I, was, just, I was just like, what? I was like, seriously? What? what? How? How? <laughs> and and like, I was like, what? Okay. I'm like, what do we do from here? Yeah. Like, what do we do? Okay, and, and like you're in Australia too. Like if you, you don't get the entry score, you go to TAFE for a year or two, and then you can go to uni on like your credits. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. And for her, it was just like, no, nah, I failed. That's it. Not going. And I was like, interesting. Oh, I didn't know that part. That's so. When you saw that attitude, how did how did you feel? Like what was going through your head when you saw that attitude? Uh, on top of the fact that you know, again, you've you've put on hold a year's worth of life to just. On on a promise, on a on a false promise that we would be going somewhere else together. Yeah, that was crap. It sucked. I was like, come on, we got to we got to work something out. And it was just basically like it was just all barriers up. Nah, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Just nah. And I was just like, well, I'm going to Melbourne. And then that that's where it just spiraled out of control. Got into a massive argument about. It. And I was just like, well, mm -hmm. that's what it is then. Yeah. So you uh, you hung up that relationship. All right, so that one. Yeah, fizzled out, just didn't work out. Two mm -hmm. people, two play, two people going in two different directions in life. Um, and then you say you meet your now wife uh, mm -hmm. at a kind of a random meetup at a bar, correct? With with your friend group. Yeah, yeah, we just ran into each other. And so 
tell me this, all right? You you kind of have the, uh, you know, you, you, I don't want to use the word shackles. You you have the, you're free, you're newly single, all right? And you know of this person that you said that you kind of knew of each other, but the timing was, ne- it was never there, you know? She was always taken, you were always taken. When the stars align, and you said, I remember you said this, you, when the stars align and she found out you were single and vice versa, how quick was it for that first date? How quick was it? From that moment of the understanding both people were single to to to, uh, to making that dinner, I believe, is what your first day was. Oh, we we hung out all night and she ended up coming to my house and like afterwards me, her and a couple of other friends and everything. And we nice. went back to my place mm-hmm. and I was a gentleman. Okay. I was a gentleman. All Nothing right. happened. Okay. All right. And then I said to her, okay, but you've got to come around tomorrow. And make me steak. <laughs> what is this? I thought yeah. I was under the impression you cooked. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on. I said, you got to come around and make me steak for dinner. And she was like, why? I was like, because I want you to come around for dinner. And because I was such a gentleman, like I didn't, you know. <laughs> and she was like, fine a radio and it was it was one of those like i really want to but i'm gonna act like i don't want to yeah you can't be that eager yeah 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 exactly so she come around the next day and or the next night and i was like she's not gonna cook she's not moving i'm gonna have to cook all right so i just jumped up and i just cooked steak and i cooked you know a lovely dinner and we had dinner and we watched a movie and everything like that and it was all nice and this was back in the day before Netflix and chill. So again, yeah. I was a gentleman. I was nice. It was just because we were friends too. Because that was the other thing. Like we'd been friends for six or seven years before any of this. Mm-hmm. So it was almost one of those things. Like we don't want to do something that's going to ruin a friendship unless we're sure. How are you sure? You know what I mean? Like, well, like you don't want to. You don't want to just like jump in the sack and then the next yeah. day be like, oh fuck, do we really want it? Oh shit. I think we did the wrong thing there. Like I think it was more about like we just want to just hang out with each other. Yeah. And you okay. Know, like you know what I mean? Like get to know each other a little bit more at more than friends. Mm. You know? That's what I was trying to get into is like how yeah. did you size up the situation? Because that sounds like such a, a quick turnover between meeting and reconnecting and finding that you're both in a place in your yeah. lives that you can, you know, you're emotionally available and you're, you're also available per relationship, but also trying to f- feel out whether there's still something there, you know, just because both people are single doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, both people are still interested. I don't know how much time has, has yeah. been. So that's really cool. That's awesome. I like, I was dying when you're telling me she's not moving. I guess I have to cook. <laughs> that was yeah. your indicator. <laughs> that was pretty much, I was like, I'm fucking hungry. Like, I'm in food. <laughs> and then I was like, and at the same time, this makes me look even better because I'm cooking her. Yeah. Cooking exactly. for her. So I was like, win win. <laughs> oh my goodness. How, uh, when did you know? When did you know that you were you were interested and you wanted not to just be friends? That you wanted to to make her not. I'm not even getting to your wife just yet. I'm talking about being your girlfriend, going mm. steady. I think that went on for like three or four weeks, mm. where we were just we were just hanging out. That was it. We were just hanging out. You know, like I said, getting to know each other a bit better than more than just friends and and everything like that. And like, yeah, I think it took about a month. Oh. It was about a month when we, when we both were like, yeah, yeah, this is, we want this. Mm. 
this this is gonna work. Tell me, uh, tell me when you knew that she was gonna be your wife, or that she you wanted her to be your wife. Um, that would have been okay. So she fell pregnant really early in our relationship. So she we were together about six months mm-hmm. when she fell pregnant. But because we'd been friends for so many years beforehand, it was like, it felt way longer. Hmm. And I was like, well, she's, she's going to have, she's going to be the mother of my child. She's someone that I love and I've, I've respected for many, many years already. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to wife her. This is, this is someone that I want to be with forever. Yeah. She sees me differently and, and respects me and does all this stuff. And she's just amazing. She's going to be my wife. I hope she's going to be my wife. She probably did the way I should put it. It wasn't like she's going. It wasn't to. like came in like, come with me. It, it, it was very. It was like, please God, let her be my wife when I ask, and I just don't look like an absolute fool. She yeah. didn't make the steak. She owes me one, and this is yeah. I'm paying it forward. Yeah. All right. Will you marry me? Please remember, I cooked your steak on our second on our second night together, our first date. You can't say no. You can't say no. Take back. How did you? Uh, yeah. How did you do it? How did you propose? I'd love to. Uh, what, what was your your style, your method of proposing to your wife? Uh, panic stage mode. Hey. <laughs> do, what do you I mean? don't know, man. It's it's a scary moment. It yeah. was, it's one of those petrifying moments. So I was like, so I took her up to uh, like this giant hill thing where there's this big ass monument thing on top of it that looks out on the very big main street of mm. where I live like the, the the main town and the main street that goes up. So where you sit on this monument and you look straight up, it's like a perfect line. And it's like, you see all the traffic lights and everything. And it, it's just, it's beautiful. Like you're looking over the whole city and it just looks nice. And so I sat there the entire time with this bloody ring in my pocket. And you could tell she just wanted to go home. Like she didn't want to be there. <laughs> just pretty much like, oh, let's go. I'm like, nah, we'll just chill for a little bit longer. <laughs> nah, we'll just chill. Nah, it's fine. And then like... I remember one bit. I went to do it, and then like these bats flew overhead, and she was like, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, look at those bats!" I was like, "Oh fuck, put that away!" Yeah. Oh my god, they're huge! Shit! <laughs> and it turned into this whole thing of like, I just couldn't do it. Stalling, like, just, just do it. Yeah. And I was like, I was shitting myself, and she and she said like, I knew there was something going on. I knew there was something you wanted to, to ask. Mm. And I was just like, I was like, I was fucking petrified. <laughs> like, I was so scared. <laughs> and I don't even know what of. Mm-hmm. If she'd said no, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Why? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, look back, I was like, oh, just, oh my God. I, 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 yeah, I was a nervous wreck. Yeah. I was I a, an absolute that. mess. I love that so much, though. That's such a good moment. That's such a good story. The, um, <laughs> What is I don't know some- how these people do like these big extravagant ones where they like plan everything out and they're like not nervous at all. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> like, how? How did you do that? That you know what? That You're making might- me look bad, man. <laughs> I think that's part of the theory, though. Like, the more extravagant the proposal, the harder it is to turn them down. You know, so you're kind of like, because it's so, you know, it's so public, especially people like. Like I've seen people propose at yeah. like baseball games or like athletic stadiums. I'm like, that's insane. Why would you trap someone like that? That is you. You might yeah. have to, you know, relax, dude. Or do this in the privacy yeah. of your home. I didn't ask to be here. If they, if, 
<laughs> if they say no, not only are they going to look like assholes, you're going to look like a fool in front of tens of thousands of people. Really changed Why would you ever want that? <laughs> Really ruins the mood there, buddy. All right, I'm here. Yeah. I, just, yeah, yeah. I was here for a fun time, man. Now, now I gotta watch you depressingly yeah. eat hot dogs yeah. in the corner. That's that's brutal. You watch the socks. <laughs> get prepared. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, uh, what's something about married life that uh, that most people don't know? That most single people don't realize? Oh God. What's something? Oh, that's a toughie. Yeah, that's uh, I got to earn my big bucks here. All right, this is how I earn my no, stakes I, in Twitch. I like the question. I think it's good. I think <laughs> I think even like newly got together people or like even single people like don't realize that. I think until you get married or you mm-hmm. find someone that you think you may marry in the future, you're never really yourself with someone, hmm. like a partner. Like when you when you first get that new relationship thing, right? You're like you try to do everything right. You try yeah. not to make a mistake. You try not to argue about shit that doesn't matter. You don't. You, you try and do the most. You put on a, 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 a like a like a mask and a persona that is like what you think the other person wants. Mm-hmm. When you're married, you both know all the shit about each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, you know, like like she knows everything about me. I know everything about her in in terms of like. Like, I know what I do that shits her to tears, mm. you know, and vice versa. Like, we know all that crap. Whereas if you get into an early relationship, you try not to show that side. Like, you keep that bathroom spotless. You don't you <laughs> take down. You know, you put your dishes in the dishwasher. You're washing in the washing machine. You, you know, you do everything right, right? Yeah, 100%. And, and, as, and, as, and, and like, probably, like, the female's perspective, you'll probably, like, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to eat anything too big of a meal or I'm going to make sure that I always like, you know, brush my hair in the morning so that when he comes around, I look, you know, whatever it may be. But when you get married, you're just like, that all goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you become your true you. You really do. Like you, you're comfortable. And that's because you're comfortable. You're not trying to impress anybody. You're married. You're locked in. Like, <laughs> it's over run away now. Yeah. <laughs> the ink dried on the contract is done it's, yeah. <laughs> there it is. you pass your cool down clause you can't pull out now <laughs> I love it I love that that's for one more question one more question on, on romantic relationships I got alright again I, I always reinforce this the, the audience on Twitch is so young alright it's mm-hmm. it's it's a young man's game or a young person's game. What advice would you give to uh, these young adults, men and women, that are kind of trying to find their footing in, in this romantic life? How, what, what would you tell them and, and encourage them, whether it be something to do or a mindset they should be in? Uh, what, would you, what advice could you part uh, to, to this younger generation about, about romance and love? Uh, that pertains to 2021. Man, you're asking somebody who was married before Tinder existed. Exactly the reason why I'm asking. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> like, I think, oh God, that's a tough one. I think, oh man, that's a toughie. How about just, yeah, just be honest. Be, be like I said, in an early relationship, you're always going to put on this persona, right? Mm-hmm. Just don't ever do it. Just don't don't make it so bullshit that when later on down the track, they're like, that's not the person I signed up for. 
because there's always going to be that little bit be honest and be like be happy to be honest about it all yeah just yeah i I don't know I, i think it's like honesty for me is something that is that is worth more than just about anything else if you can be honest to this other person I love this mama Miller. My wife just come to the channel. This is why he married me. Hey, baby. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like, yeah, just be honest. Be not like, for instance, like me and Ash, like me and Ash have been together for so long. But even before that, we were always honest with each other as friends. Like we didn't try and pull any bullshit or anything like that. And I think that's what it was real. Like that's the real person that I'm going to be friends with. Yeah. And I think that's why it made it easier to be in a relationship with. And I think that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's There's- my answer. There's a clip. And the reason I'm going to bring this out, I'll, I'll oh, somehow connect go. the two. There's a clip. No, honestly, this is the one that made me, like, I, I loved your family once I saw it. Like, I, it was uh, Christmas. It was a Christmas clip. And your wife was sitting okay. down, and your three kids were around you, and you were standing behind, and you were saying goodbye to the community because it was just something about it. Like, I haven't had such a nostalgic or one of those feel-good moments in quite a while. Like, the last time I remember it, especially growing up now in this generation, the last time I remember it was watching Home Alone, like, one. And when I saw this clip, it was the perfect, like, it's a snapshot. This is how I, like, how I saw all of it, where it's like, your kids are, like, talking about possibly seeing the lights. You're kind of encouraging. Your wife's like, all right, guys, good night, good night, you know, Merry Christmas, nice to see you. And there's something about it that was just so, like, it, it dawned on me realizing that. I was like, how you're living and how you're, 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 you and your wife are raising your family, it's beautiful. This is great. It's, it's solid stuff. I didn't need to have this interview to know the and and i'm by all means i love this 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 has been one of my favorites and in terms of knowledge and just entertainment but like seeing you guys work together and and again raising your family and and all the 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 tribulations and 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 stuff that you've had to gone through to earn it's not a given earn where you are in life is is just a testament to so many things about you, about your wife, about the way you both work together. And I think that's something that I, like, I looked at and I, I, I admired from you both, um, the way you, and then hearing the way you talk of her, um, the way you guys are able to communicate. And yeah, you guys give each other some trouble. I mean, again, I showed one of the clips of her giving you, she outstaged you. And then now hearing about this steak story, I'm starting to think, you know, I'm going to have to find my own steak story here. I need to figure out you know, <laughs> who I can pretend to cook and then ev- eventually be the one that's cooking. But I, I love that, Chris, man. You, you, you've really, you've killed it tonight. You've killed it in terms of, of sharing your story. And I, I'm so honored and blessed to have you. That being said, I do have, let me see here. I've literally a couple questions, all right, that we've, we've collected, all right, over the course of this evening. And I'll read you, I'll read you two and we'll, we'll, we'll roll off because I know you're a busy man. I know you got your family and all that jazz. And, and I've, I'm recognizing how much time I've, I've, I've had with you here. Um, it's a vortex. I just got lost in this conversation. Oh, yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first one being, um, it says, listening to your story, Chris, made me really appreciate my dad. Even though I already love him, I think it's the most beautiful kind of relationship to grow up with, um, which I love. I think that's really important that, that these, this was some of the stuff that we were able to hear from your story. Um, mm-hmm. And even though there were parts that were just tough to talk about or, or to even you know, unfold, um, knowing how those, those situations have molded you into the man that you are today, I think they're important to, to 
picture them in that light, in the light that, you know, yeah, we could feel bad and, and just allow that to define us or cripple us from growing, but you've really applied those lessons uh, into your family, into yourself, and, and that's huge, and, and, I, and I love that. I love especially seeing your dad in a different light now, you know? You said mm. how he was kind of being a hard ass, and then you realize, oh, I actually needed that. That, like, I, I, I needed a little bit of discipline. I can't just be running around town with a spud gun and, and going, <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to keep me on check. Uh, exactly. <laughs> here's the first question here, and then I got one more. Uh, what's the best part of your day on and off stream? So give me one good part about your day on stream and one good part about your day off stream. Parts that you look forward to, parts that you just, <laughs> you're, you're eager to, to have this uh, routine a part of your life. Best part about on stream is as long as I can make one person sort of be like, you know, oh, you've made my day or you've made me, oh my God, I've never been here before and this is amazing. Like as long as I make somebody happy, on stream and they and and they and they're comfortable enough to express that they're happy like what they're seeing or what they're doing or whatever it is and that that that's all i look forward to i just want people to i don't care if people clap or do all that sort of stuff I don't, that's okay i just want somebody yeah. to be like you know i've had a crappy day today but you've made it better mm. that is what i'm trying to do and what i look forward to hearing most streams um and off stream it's going to sound like a backhanded thing, mm. but it's not. My favorite part of my day is saying goodnight to my kids. Because every night there's this thing. Like every night my kids go to bed, they go hop in bed and wait for me. And then I go into each bedroom and say goodnight, you know, see you in the morning, whatever it may be, and, and close each one of those doors. It's not, it's not my favorite part of the day because I'm getting rid of them. <laughs> Uh, actually no <laughs> but it, it's like it's it's the thing that i've got you know like my kids yeah. will always i'm hoping that you know my kids will always be like you know no matter what dad always came and said goodnight to us you know whatever no matter how naughty they've been during the day or whatever mm -hmm. or whatever it is like that's what we try and do so that's that's my favorite part of the day mama miller lies yeah. <laughs> She's that's my favorite part of the day though yeah. like because it sometimes it is a, sometimes it is a little bit of a yeah I want to just want to be an adult and have no kids for a moment but yeah. it is it's it's that's what I love yeah like that one last question here it says okay I think I know who wrote this one it goes oh, is he going to be the one to cook dinner tonight what's for dinner tonight <laughs> Chris what's what's on deck I think this is a loaded question <laughs> this is oddly the hardest question of the evening that's this is the same part yeah this is a toughie um. <laughs> I could go down one road and say whatever you're given, um, or, <laughs> or do I want to sleep in the bed tonight? Let's say uh, whatever you would like, honey. Oh <laughs> wow! Or if I have to actually choose, I choose like what are those? What are those things called? Oh my god, I've gone completely blank. Pasta, and they're like a mm -hmm. thingy. And it, oh my god! Uh, Let's just say pasta. No pasta. Is it the gnocchi or uh, nah, the one where you put the stuffing in it and you roll it and then you ravioli them together? That's oh yeah, like a ravioli. Yeah, like a ravioli. Okay. Let's go raviolis. Oh my goodness, a ravioli! <laughs> there it is. Okay, okay, that's nice. I like that. I like that. 
Smart. Again, we're talking about the mental chess game, all right? We're talking about the long game. We're not doing short game here, all right? You're going to have to see <laughs> this. Is, you're playing the long. You, you are very aware you're not taking that couch tonight, all right? Don't take the couch. It's not worth it. Not on this show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, Chris, dude, I, I appreciate your time here. Um, I have one last segment, and this one's the easiest one of the bunch. Afterwards, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say my piece, I'll give you the final words, and we'll, we'll go our separate ways. Now, this show, Chris, uh, it, it came from uh, a show from the 90s called Inside the Actor's Studio. Uh, it was mm-hmm. uh, hosted by James Lipton, passed away a couple years, and he would bring actors, actresses, and entertainers into his classroom. And literally, it's an auditorium. And he would sit down with these people, you know, the Brad Pitts, Dave Chappelle's, Angelina Jolie's, and he would talk to them about their personal lives and then parlay that into their discographies, their careers. And as an homage, I've taken that platform, that format, and I've applied it here on Twitch. And like I've said, you're number 61. And for all 61 shows... Couldn't hold out eight more. We can have you on back, all right? <laughs> we'll find another show. We'll Fucking find another one. But uh, for all 61, uh, you know, I've ended the same way, similar to him. He's done his show for 23 years before retiring, and he's ended them the exact same way. As an homage, I do the same. Um, I'll ask you 10 questions. Now, there's only two rules of this. One is mm-hmm. a rule for myself. I'm not going to speak during this time. It's going to be completely silent. Uh, you're going to have the full floor. So um, I'll, I'll wait for a moment of silence and we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, the second thing, aside from the fact that you do have to answer all these questions, uh, try to keep it within one thought. So not one word, not yeah. one paragraph, just one thought. That's it. Yep. All right. Uh, you ready, Chris? Far away. All right. Question one. What is your favorite word? Favorite word. Wow. Um, hey. Did you say noise? Oh, God. My wife said moist, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> let's say family. Family is my favorite word. What is your least favorite word? No. I hate being told I can't do something like, because someone says I can't do something because I'm not good enough at it or something like that or whatever. No, I don't like the word no. Or can't. Can't. No, that's the one. I don't like the word can't. You can't do that. What turns you on? Oof. Boobs. What turns you off? Fake. 
What sound or noise do you love? Oh, children laughing. No matter what they do, they can be as naughty as they want and do whatever. But when they properly giggle and laugh and having fun, that's my favorite. What sound or noise do you hate? <laughs> um, oddly enough, at the moment, birds screeching. Hate it. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. Is 100%. You can use it in everything. You can use it to describe. It can be a verb, an adjective. It can be used in so many different instances. Fuck, it's, it's versatile. <laughs> what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Oh, a musician. I'd love to be a full-time musician. What profession would you not like to do? I don't ever want to be, I don't, I, I don't want to ever be a laborer again. Like if like just shift work, factory work, never again. And lastly, Chris, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's just brutal. That's a, wait, there must be a mix-up here. Let me uh, let me get through. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. C. Miller music, dude. Holy cow, Chris, dude. Thank you so much. You're killing it. You, Thanks you for absolutely. Me, man. You, thank you, you so much. I appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate your time. And and just as we literally wrap up this interview, we got Aya <laughs> Yoshi with the 19-person rate. Aya, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, let me let me ask you this, Chris. There, there's a couple things. Before we do our, 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 our little exchange here of words before we part ways, <clears throat> there is something I need from you, all right? Much like in anything in life, nothing's free. And so the first thing I need from you is, uh, do you have the, the stream open? I do. Can you pick a username, any username that isn't myself, a mod, or a VIP? Uh, okay, well, they're a mod. I can't do that. Uh, let's go with... Let's go with... Kingopolis. Kingopolis, are you here, King? Wow, quick. Quick Kingopolis, perfect. So you've won VIP for the channel. Again, we only have five. Now, Chris, I, I, there's a new part of this segment. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit because yeah. of the five, I'm going to need you to choose one of them to be taken out. Uh, to be. Oh. Uh, it, it is what it is. I'm going to put it in the chat right here. So you'll see it in the chat. I'll spam it a little bit. Uh, you can't choose a view above. He's the only one that you can't choose. He won the Rock, Paper, Scissors tournament I had a couple weeks back. And and he's 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 the champ forever. I need to take his name out of there. But any of those five, any of them, don't worry, they won't know. Oh well, there's a couple. Yikes! 
This is Doctor P. Doctor, he sorry, bro. <laughs> Doctor P. He just got it. You're out of here, Doctor P. Oh no, bro, just, If I'd known that, oh, yeah, oh, it well. is what it is. It's yeah, what it is. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Man. <laughs> You'll get it some other time. You, you can earn channel yeah. points to get it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, the, the last thing here, all right, you've gone through the ringer with me. We've talked here for roughly two and a half hours. All right, man. It went by so quickly. And um, I just want to ask you, I'm always looking for new streamers, not just to interview, but just to, you know, to, to watch. But let's put it in this light. Who is someone you would like to see go through this exact same experience, sharing their time on Twitch, sharing their time on, on uh, their personal life, as well as having to answer questions from those that are watching here live. I think someone that has a great community and I think they'd have some really incredible stories to tell um, would actually be a duo. Would that work? I think I know who you're alluding to and I, I'm trying to figure out how it will work. But I, I, if I'm going to guess, is it CA and LA? Yeah, it would be. This yeah. over here. I will I'll put them down. I'll take that. C A and L A. I will figure out. I think if, they're just Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah, they're really cool. They 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 actually started streaming around about the same time as I did and they've been nothing but supportive of me and I think they just have some really cool stories to tell. All right. Perfect. I will I've been I'm honestly, I've been trying to figure out a way to run a duo uh them specifically on this show. If I have to do it oh, one right. by one, I'll do it. But like, yep. I, I think they're fantastic. I was watching them last night. They're great streamers yeah. in their own right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris, I'm going to take this final moment here, all right? Usually, I kind of tell the, the guest what just occurred this evening. You know, I just trying to digest what was shared here. And from your story, you know, I, I came here thinking, all right, we're going to talk to a, a musician streamer. And, and from there, I'm just going to take it as is. And your story of whether we're talking about you know, growing up and kind of uh, taking over that role of head of, uh, of, of all your siblings and, and making sure everyone's on track, uh, your relationship with your parents and the difficulties that came with that, um, to having to hustle and grind your way through college, a full-time job, a pregnant wife, to becoming a father and then even we haven't even touched your stuff about the the journey on Twitch that you've had, you know, that 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 part where you're talking about that year of just learning and then trying to figure out why is this not working for me, which I think resonates with a lot of streamers, especially those that started around this time during the pan, the beginning of pandemic. Um, and they're trying to figure out, wait, you know, I'm growing, but why am I not to that that where I want to be? Um, you've dropped so much wisdom tonight. And, and it's been a complete honor and blessing being able to sit across from you and, and receive that and document that and be able to share that, not just with those that are watching tonight, but those that are listening in the future. Um, it's one of the, this has been one of those episodes where it's like, I, uh, it's, I, I'm very humbled to, to, to have you here because more often than not, you know, again, it's a younger platform or, or it's the, the, they're those of the culture. So it's like, you know, it's like we're kind of being dank or kind of being, you know, uh, offbeat. But to, <laughs> but to have Turning someone. Turning up and getting lit. No. <laughs> you saw what I had to do at the beginning of the show. You think I want to? I'm, I'm 27. I'm a, I, you know, I don't want to do that, man. I used to have a, a job where I wore a suit and tie. And now I'm over here watching 
you know, nonsense on YouTube. But but Chris, man, I want see now. You see Talking how I'm about the, proofing products. <laughs> Hey, that was unscripted, all right, my man. That one is actually going to go down. I hope no one posts that on Targeted LSF. Ad. Targeted, <laughs> Targeted. Let me Google searches. It was weird that it was incognito, so it couldn't possibly be from my computer because it's an incognito ad. Therefore, it could have. It must have just been whoever paid the most for the ad. Anyways, um, Chris, man, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your energy and just who you are as a person. I would love to have you on the other shows if you'll have me. I know your schedule needs to permit, um, and so we'll work around that. But but I am rooting for you on Twitch. I'm excited to see you grow, not just here in this platform, but outside of it. Hopefully, I don't know if you you have any uh, you know plans to go to Pax and Mel at any time in your your Twitch life. But if you're ever there, if I ever find myself there, I would love to meet you. I'd love to buy you a drink or whatever it may be. Um, but it's been an, an absolute honor and blessing having you this evening. Is there anything you would like to say to all those that are watching here live, maybe in the future on YouTube, on Spotify? You get the final word, Chris. What would you like to say? Oh, yeah. We'll do the mini plug. Let's do the mini plug. Yeah. You can get any of my music on Spotify just under Chris Miller. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube is C Miller Music as well as all my other socials as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Twitch we do Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. We're starting to get a little bit more into a rhythm now. Um, back to streaming as well for you that don't know. Um, I had to take some time off. Wife had brain surgery in February um, or January rather. Um, and so, yeah, we're getting back into the routine now. But overall, guys, be kind to each other. Be nice. And, yeah, hope to see you. Thank you so much, Chris. You take care, all right? Got to cook up dinner. I want to know what's the I – be, I better see a tweet tonight, see what's for dinner. I don't know. All right, we'll all right, see. Done. All and right. a kick flip. <laughs> deal. Deal. <laughs> I I need to figure out an online poker night too, apparently. I'd love to I'd love to play you. Oh, I need hell to figure, yeah. We need to figure that out. I, I gotta play you in some chess too, man. You, you don't want that. <laughs> Listen, man, you don't want oh, that. Oh look <laughs> I'll give he's you like, He's like, bitch, you don't want this. You don't want any of this hate. I have varsity <laughs> letters in chess, my man. All right. We I uh, I was that's, that's fine. Hey, look, I can only get better by playing people that are better than Deal. me, right? I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link where it's one like... One-minute games, though. Oh, I was going to give you a day so you can have a day to respond. So you could do it like one oh, a day, one move a day so you can you have all the time to think, my man, all right? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> all right. But no using your kid, all right? Because I know your kid's a little bit better. I know he's got a couple wins on you. You can't use a kid. It has to be you, Chris. It's got to be you. All right. It's all just me. Just me. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, man. You take care. Have a good night. Thanks, man.